Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. We've got on that side 
thinking about this That Jesus Christ was Betrayed by a kiss But I can't think for you You'll have to decide Whether to lose the sky yeah. Got on his side. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode two eight eight. I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Yourself? Just rock and roll, man. I'm I'm fine. We, we had a movie date today. We saw uh, Black Adam, which is going to be in our um, reviews today, live reactions. And by the way, there will be spoilers, and I don't care. There's no apologies. Enter at your own risk. That's the only warning I'll give. I don't want anyone – if you send me a complaint, it's going straight in the bin, so don't even bother. You know? Bang. There it is to the listeners. Open challenge. I just can't stand this whole thing where, like, people are so... Don't go listening to comic book podcasts if you're worried about spoilers. There's a tip. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I mean, to no, be fair, it's, it's hard to talk It's hard to talk about a show if you're not talking about the things that happen in the, yeah, I just in the movie. Otherwise, otherwise, all you can really say about it is, oh, I liked it, or thumbs oh, I up, didn't like down. it. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're, if you're not going to talk about the things you liked or disliked, then... I uh, just so get off to, to these losers, and they are losers who who whinge about this kind of stuff. Get off the internet. Like, go, go live in fucking Tibet. You know, go live in Mongolia. Or, in or if you are interested in the in the movie, go watch it. Like, I mean, go watch it. Put us all out of know. our misery. Put us all out of our misery, and just go watch it. Uh, as you can tell, I'm firing. I've just come off a coffee. Um, welcome to our <laughs> listen- welcome to our listeners. I don't mean to attack the listeners because it's, it's only a couple, but there's always a couple. Oh, Dave, did you have to spoil that? Yeah. Because this is the show, you know. I'm 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 uncensored this tonight, Rich. I'm uncensored, man. I'm taking off the filter tonight. It's going to be a real show for me. Um, now, on to so we've got the Black Adam stuff coming up. Um, what, uh, Rich? What, what's happening with you? You know, the, obviously the new relationship. Uh, give us an insight into what's been going on, man. Couple time now. You have got a couple shows. What's going on? Uh, I mean, not much. I mean, oh, still the same relationship. It's just that uh, we're now living together. That's yeah, yeah. Do you have couple shows? That's what I want to know. What's a couple um, show? Uh, Anything? So there's two animes that we're watching together. Really? One is Spy Family and the other one is uh, Chainsaw Man. That sounds like a chore. Um, we okay. tried watching, because she's, she's a fan of Supernatural, so we, tra- yes. we tried watching the Winchesters, which she didn't, uh, she asked me to stop it halfway through the first episode. Wow. Um, I haven't, I haven't just... seen it yet. Well, what was it like? Like, obviously not good, but like, is it just Jensen um, Eccles just introing it and then it cuts to the Yeah, past? yeah, he just kind of does like the intro and then it cuts and it's just, it's. It's just, it's not the same. It's not, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's worse acting, <laughs> uh, subpar writing, characters right. that are annoying. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 wow. Yeah, it's, not it's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, wow. and then uh, okay, yeah, she's, okay. show, she's a Padalecki fan, um, yeah, Padalecki, yeah. Sam fan. So yeah. I said, okay, well, I'm not interested, but, uh, if you want to watch Walker, I'm willing to watch it. 
we'll give it a try. Walk is not too bad. I mean, and I've there was another it. show where we again halfway through it, she was just like, ah, I don't want to watch this. It's yeah. pretty boring. I said, okay, well, I'll switch it off. So I put, um, I'm re, I only watched the first season of Doom Patrol. I never got around to watching the other ones, and I, I've yes. been meaning to. So I said, well, listen, I'll rewatch season one with you. Good show. And if you enjoyed, we can we'll carry on and then catch up for the new season that's coming out in December. Yeah. And she's loving it. Uh, we're on the second good. season already so she's really enjoying that patrol's so, a good show that's good oh yeah yeah uh, did, did, did she watch um titans i quite like titans as well no she's not mass she's not big into um she's she's more into like the anime right okay um stuff and all that all right well i'm looking here winchester's kind of got a 51 a metacritic which is not great um i must admit i forgot it was even on um but i wouldn't bother if i was you but i mean it's up to you as we all know, I was heavy in Supernatural, but it's like Supernatural was Jensen and Jared. Like you know, like they're not in it. Like I know, I know Jensen Eccles is producing it and probably has well, like a small. But here's here's the thing I have right is I'm okay with you uh, doing a show called The Winchesters, but again, this is the issue I have, and it's again maybe it's me that I just I'm not a big fan of prequels, right? Well, sure, it is you. We already, <laughs> yeah, but we already know what happens to the parents. So making a show around the parents to me just takes out all the yeah. um the suspense of like, oh my god, you know. It was pretty to... well covered on the show itself, supernatural. They yeah, but that's my point. So it's bit. it's kind of like the it's, mother it's we all you know, the mother dies and the start and yeah. blah blah blah, you know. You know, and there's even a time where they go back in time and, and stuff and all that and I think meet, see her and all that. But so my point is if I was gonna do called the Winchesters, I would actually make it about, say, like Sam and Dean's children. Where yeah. something has happened to the the Winchesters, the brothers, mm. and maybe the daughter and a son. So a sequel, you know, have yeah, yeah, because then at least you can go in different directions. We don't know what's happening. We don't know which character is safe. Or or die. or yes, I, I agree. I I agree. The the what do you call it? The father and mother's story. Considering there was what fourteen or fifteen episode seasons of Supernatural, 14, yeah, fourteen, I think. But anyway, a lot. Yeah, they did cover. In fairly like quite a lot of detail that mm. their lives, you know, especially mm. the key moments, like, um, and what I was going to say is all go way back in the past, like the Kents that Ostrander thing did, and so you know how the Winchesters were like sort of a family of hunters or something. So mm. go go way back, like the eighteen hundreds or something, you know. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean. But then again, yeah, I mean, if I was going to go, I'd probably go that far if I was going to do a prequel. But as I said, I'd, I'd much prefer to do a sequel. But, you know, it is. It makes, it me, is. Just um, makes me want to watch Supernatural again, you know? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, she wants to watch Supernatural again. Yeah. I said, well, when we've run out of shows to watch, we'll, we'll I, rewatch Supernatural. I fucking love Supernatural. Um, yeah, man. Well, you're good. So you've got, you know, you're watching this anime. I mean, you finally found someone who likes anime. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than having to slog through that. But you love that stuff, don't you? Like, you're always going on about Chainsaw Man and whatever. No, I love anime. There's just a couple of good shows. She's massively into anime. I just watch occasionally good shows because, um, uh, you know, you. It's weird to me that you always say, "No, oh, you need to broaden your horizons," and yet me? here you are, like, without having watched any me? anime, anime shit. What, no, I'm not saying it's shit. I'm just saying I, I find a lot of it a slog. Um, look, Claymore. I've, I've watched good anime in my time. Yeah, I just, I, you I just. just there's nothing worse than sitting there and slogging through anime. Yeah, I'd, I'd struggle to, to watch too much of it, but I, I would yeah, I selectively. But, but that's with anything it. in in moderation. I mean, yeah. 
there's mate, there's millions of anime and manga. I'm well, not into you get all ready. Of them. You, you're going to be watching a lot of anime, which I'm, you know, good. No. Finally, you can give what I want from you. I'm and brutally honest to you. I want recommendations of quality. I don't want to have to do the hard work, the heavy lifting. I'll leave this to you. I've recommended shows to you, and you've not no. watched a single one. No, so. I want proper recommendations of stuff that I'd be into. Dark. I already did. Violent vampire stuff. Yep, I already told you to watch uh, Vampire Hunter D. I'm sure you haven't watched it. I have watched the. I thank you, Richard. I I watched the original movie and enjoyed it actually. So there you go. I, I don't mind a little bit of anime. Well, it's just bitching and moaning then. Yeah, well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like taking shots. Um, you know what I you know what I find annoying with it is it I know that it's out there, but it's just the prevalence of like their fucking comedy, which I don't find funny at all. Like you know, you know how there's that like you know how in anime and manga there's a lot of it is like played for laughs, and I just find it not funny. And I know they they're loving it, so it's just not my humor. That's what turns me off. I want the darker stuff, like the like um kind of like Ghost in the Shell kind of stuff. You know, like that kind of stuff. That's, I'm sure that it's out there. You know what I mean? The stuff that... I, I, don't, I don't know what anime you've been watching, mate, but um, most of the anime I watch, is no, there's no comedy or anything. I have no, no. idea what the hell you're talking Whenever about. Whenever I've turned it on, it's like these kids, and they're giggling and shit. And I just, I'm just like, no hey, thanks. you know how much different anime the fucking is? I think you've been watching the wrong anime. Jesus Probably. Christ. You've been watching the stuff for the children. You've yep. been watching children anime. That's what I've seen, man, and that's what I don't want. See, I want the other stuff. Well, then go watch the adult stuff. Jesus. I need you to give me recommendations. I'm not going to do the hard work. I, 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 I'm, co- I'm covering so many bases here running Signal. I cover so many bases, man, that I need specialists. And your girlfriend, and it seems you, a specialist. So just come back to me with, like, four or five suggestions. That's all I need, you know? That's a little job for you, Rich. All right, Dave. I will give you more suggestions that you'll forget about and then ask me again in a couple of months for more suggestions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Rich. So you've got a job now, which is to give me suggestions, some of which I will forget, yes. But with me, you, you can just with I'm just limit it to three. Think violent, vampire, slash ghost in the shell kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff I want. So just give me like three suggestions There's, next week. Well, I can give you plenty of violent stuff. There's not that much vampire stuff. Japanese. Don't well, really... vampire isn't 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 a deal breaker. So yeah, it just I like that sci-fi kind of ghost in the shell flavor, but updated. If there's something like that, surely there's something like that. I mean, surely they pump this shit out all the time. You know, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking, Rich. So just next week, little job for you. You can sit there with a pen and paper. And come up with like three suggestions, and then we can move on with our lives from there. Do you agree? Mm, no, because what? we won't move on. Because as I said, in a month or two, <laughs> you'll ask me for uh, give me you. It's your job to give me suggestions, even though I haven't watched the three suggestions that you give me. <laughs> oh, you need you, to give me more. You can give me the same three. So I haven't got up to it. I have forgotten. Listen, have you watched Berserk? Uh, no. Okay, well then we're not having any discussions about anime until you've watched. Berserk. I've watched then, like an then, episode or two, you know, I, I, and I'm pretty sure I recommended Blood Sea to you as well because you what wanted was it Blood Sea. I'm sure Blood I recommended sea. that to you as well, which was oh. um, 
bloody and, and vampire stuff and all that. So again, okay. uh, yeah, maybe you should watch the stuff I've already recommended and then yeah. ask me for more. Blood C. Just C for cat, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Blood Berserk, you know what? You know what? Before you lob any more bombs at me, Connor, when he was on the show, we did Berserk like the manga and I thought it was possibly one of the most boring things I've ever read. But... That's not the anime, so hopefully the anime was better. Like we we did like book one of Berserk. I, I it was such a. Oh, the anime is super bloody, man. No, 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 boring is what I'm saying. Like the 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 Berserk manga, it was so dull. I I struggled through it. I struggled. Yeah, and I think the other the other week I even told you about Gantz if you wanted bloody. Yes. How do I spell that? Because I is it G A N T Z. All right, well, it turns out, Rich, that under a bit of pressure, you've come up with a couple of decent suggestions. This oh, is, my you know, God. This is what I have to do with you, man. I have uh, to put lucky, you under You're the lucky pot. this is remote, otherwise <laughs> I'll beat you. <laughs> By the way, you should probably also watch Helsing as well, which is basically the anime Helsing. version of Van Helsing. That sounds good. I've heard of this one, actually. Helsing, yeah? Mm. All right. Well, that, that, that'll do for now. That's good. That's three good suggestions. And yeah, okay, that's that's fine. Um, now we have some news. Chuck Dixon, Graham Nolan have a new. Uh, it's like a new business venture, I think, and a new website that they've got going on, and it's called um, Spin Rack, S P I N Rack R A C K. Go to it on Facebook. They're just launching it. It's a gaming company based on comic books from a legendary creators, Chuck Dixon, Graham Nolan. It early days, like as in it's just launched and i've t- i've said to chuck when you've got stuff t- that's coming out you know that you want to promote you're more than welcome on obviously on signal anytime but he's going to come on and go through it in detail but like it's just launched so go to spin rack it's on facebook hit a like and you'll get the updates and there's yeah there's a lot of content apparently like gaming content and stuff that's going to be coming out um from that and yeah i mean so it's it's spin rack and the um there's a website actually um, let's see if I can find the website. Uh, I think it's spinrack. Yeah, dot io. That's the that's the website. But if you just go to spinrack on Facebook as well, it's there. And there's there's stuff coming out. There's 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 stuff coming out. Like I think digital comics and stuff like that, and like Law Dog. Um, if you've ever read any of that, uh, one of the all time um one of the all time great Chuck Dixon um comic book series, Law Dog. Uh, with Flynn Henry, and I believe that, um, you know, I believe there'll be quite a bit of digital material because we all know how Chuck did so well um, with the Arkhaven comics, the Arctoons and stuff. Um, so I imagine it's going to be sort of stuff to do with that. But there's, there's a whole, like, it's it's intense. Like, uh, redesigns how comic books are owned and enjoyed, whatever that means. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of digital stuff. It's a digital platform. So I think it's going to be interesting, man. I'm looking forward to it. And we can get Chuck on and we can, you know, we, we can't really rely on me to um, try to break it down, Rich. Do, would you trust me to, to break down, like, digital NFTs, all that kind of stuff? I wouldn't. I think you would probably have an easier time just breaking down. <laughs> but Chuck could come on and, and do it all. But anyway, so it's an interesting thing. And Graham Nolan, and um, by the way, Graham Nolan... Artwork on Hawkworld from early in his career. We're going to cover later on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to mention to James DeMatteis's Kickstarter um, through Spellbound Comics. Uh, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
I share it all on the Facebook page. So go check that out and back the Kickstarter. It has reached its um, target, I believe, really quickly. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's... What is it, four issues um, that he's putting out originally? Am I right? It's four or five issues, isn't it, isn't it Rich? Uh, it's four basically one-shot issues yes. of yes. four different characters. And then he'll basically... Or you can get it as a, I guess, like a trade or a collection. Yes. Um, and then I believe he said he'll have a vote for people to see which is the next one. Democracy. Democracy. Wow. The ancient Greeks, man. Well, I wonder if they were thinking of this back then. You know, one day there'll be comics <laughs> and for people oh. can vote for, like, what their favorite comic is, like Deathmatch style. Man, democracy back in the old days. I would have preferred it if it was more like Deathmatch, like, you know, I just, I just hope that JM gets more votes than DC did for their, uh, <laughs> hey, pick the new title that you don't want to see. Yeah, pick the new title that... I tell you something horrible I saw. So it's that Tim Drake comic. And it was online on Twitter or something. Someone put a picture of it. And it was like Tim Drake like moaning about his life. And like the art was so bad. And it was like such a sad sack, Tim Drake. And I was like... Oh, my Lord. Like, Tim Drake from, like, back in the 90s and 2000s, like, when Chuck did 100 issues. and Like, there was a lot of good Tim Drake all through Young Jasters, Titans, and now we've got this sad sack. You know what I mean? Like, this little bitsy, titsy, sad sack. And I was just like... And the art was just so bad. <laughs> like, it was like... Like, I wouldn't even consider it professional quality artwork, really. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was subpar. Like if that was an indie comic of someone just breaking in, sure. You know, like doing kind of like an emo-y kind of, you know, you know, cry tears in the corner kind of comic, it would be fine. But this is a Tim Drake, a main DC title, and I was like, man, you are playing to a tiny audience when you're doing that kind of stuff. You know, mm. you're playing, you're playing like very small theaters kind of thing. You know. And it was, and I liked him, Drake, like from like his long runs and stuff. I think I always thought he was a cool character, and I was like, man, this 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 character has been so debased, you know. Um, and that's live on the scene. That's a, that's I, I I don't. This is not a tag. I'm just saying. I saw the image on Twitter, and I was like, I actually tweeted this. That looks so bad. Like, looks terrible. Um, and I can't believe that would be a bestseller, really. You're like, okay, maybe your number one sold something, but there was nothing there for a mainstream audience. Like, I don't know what audience they think they're going after, but it, it wasn't good, you know? Uh, who knows? Terrible, man. Um, now, I do want to mention there's um, Judah Black Adam uh, coming out. There's big JSA Hawkman and Black Adam sales on Comixology. I collected the um, entire Ostrander, Hawkworld, and Hawkman run. Um, really? Yeah, it's all there. Okay, good. Didn't you sign up for the, the DC? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It was all on there, Dave. No, oh, well, 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 they got me twice. I got stung. <laughs> I actually completely forgot that I even have that fucking app. It's all that's where I read the Firestorm, that's where oh, I, really? I read the Hawkworld. It's all on there, mate. Like, all most well, a lot of that 80s, 90s stuff is there, thankfully. Oh, I just forgot that I even had that app. I haven't been in that app in like ages. I I actually forgot I had it. <laughs> oh, look, I don't I don't blame you. I mean, 
It's not. It's not. It's not the best app. That's well, in terms of content, it's good, but like I find loading problems are an issue for me with it. I don't know if you've experienced like sort of like um, it goes to Alfred. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does it less. Yeah. Than okay. it did like uh, when I first signed up for it, but it still happens. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you, you, thank you for a oh, look. I didn't spend a fortune, man. I spent like twenty bucks. But like, what I'm saying is, thank you for reminding me because I had completely forgotten about that app. That's, which is not a good sign for that app at all. Like, I don't, you know. Anyway, uh, well, regardless, I either sign up for the fucking app. Uh, I forget what it costs. It's a, there's an annual fee. It wasn't. It wasn't much. And or as I said, there's the sales on Comicsology, which I did actually. Um, I just. I just, I really like that Hawkworld stuff. So I just picked, I just picked up the whole run. I was like, fuck it, I was picking it up. Uh, now I have a review. Have you caught the new Doctor Who special? It's called Power of the Doctor. No, I didn't even know it was a thing. Okay, well, it's it, it just came out. Now I did not know anything. Now there are spoilers in this conversation. Do you care if I give you some spoilers, Rich? Good but, God, no, I don't okay. care. So. I don't think many people care about Doctor Who. Listen to this, man. This is going to stun you. And you know I've been very critical of Doctor Who over the last few years, not not even just one season, like the last few seasons. This was the best special. This was the best episode of Doctor Who in years, like four or five years. Um, it It is member berries all over the place. It does it well. Um, uh, she regenerates. Uh, as well, and do you want to know who she regenerates into, Rich? If you don't already know, uh, I know who. I, obviously, I know because they announced. Oh, did I? Oh, uh, yeah. It doesn't. It, it's um, it's a former uh, doctor. It, it's Tennant. Yeah, yeah, Tennant. Going to be, and then it's going to be the new doctor. Yes. So I believe Tennant's going to be the Doctor Who for the um 60th anniversary, which is next year. Uh, that's at the very end of the episode, though. But you see cameos from Peter Davison. Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy. Uh, they brought back Tegan and Ace, who was quite good, actually. Uh, it's Dalek, Cyberman, um, all through it, the Master. It is such a, a, a ton of companions. Like, from the, like, in the, like, when I say a ton of companions, but that's exaggerating. But, like, uh, at the end, they have, like, a, um, a reunion of companions, just the companions. And so it's like that guy, I, I always forget what his name is. You know the guy who was the stepdad to the the black kid who couldn't ride the bike? I, I forget what the guy's, Gary or something. Like, you know the guy, dude, like the older British guy, him? Yeah, he, vaguely. Yeah, he was in the in it. And um, Mel from back in Colin Baker's day. Uh, Katie Manning, who played Joe, is in it. At the end, um, and get this, Ian, who was one of the, well, was in the first Companions, the school teacher from the original William Hartnell, he's in it as well at the very end. He's so old, but, like, it's so cool. And, um, look, as an episode, honestly, it benefits from, it has more of a runtime, it has an hour and a half, and it really felt like they used it really well. At the beginning, I was like, man, they're just playing greatest hits. But then as the story goes on, you're like, it's actually a really good episode. Like, I was amazed. Two things. They should have done this so much more than they've done it in the time that they've had the TV show since 2005. They haven't done it enough. Um, 
like hitting all these old notes. It really felt like they were respecting the old series. Um, it was just a really good episode, if I can be honest. And I have been critical of Doctor Who. Not so much her. She's fine. The stories have been appalling. This was actually at least... It, it kind of felt like they were like, fuck it, we're just going to have fun and we're going to bring back old characters. We're going to give them a decent uh, story moments. I wouldn't say arc, but story moments for Ace and Tegan. They have them. Uh, they use the other Doctors well, like Peter Averson, Colin Baker, uh, Paul McGann as well, and um, Sylvester McCoy. They use them well. Uh, you see William Hartnell as well. Obviously not the real William Hartnell, but like the actor who's played him um, several times. Uh, he, you see him as well. Uh, yeah, it was they. They pull out the recorder. Um, the the second Doctor had. I really enjoyed it, and I, I have well, almost had nothing critical to say about this episode. I, it was the best episode of Doctor Who in probably five, six years. I'm not kidding you. And I and I have disliked a lot of recent Doctor Who or found it very boring. So they finally had some fun, man. You know, and they and they let themselves off the chain, and it was a really good episode. I I I, I think you'd probably enjoy it, Rich. Uh, geez, what a shame to waste all those great cameos on show that should such a shitty doctor. But she was okay. Like the actress was fine. Uh, the stories were the problem, man. The stories were terrible. Like most yeah, of the stories, both, man. You didn't like her? I said, I, I, oh, I, I think I think she's literally the worst doctor out of every single doctor. I mean, worse than Colin I, Baker. I, I would much rather I would much rather watch Capaldi than her. Really? See, I I thought I mean, look, Capaldi was a good actor, but his stories, a lot of Capaldi stories, I thought were they weren't as bad as hers, but yeah, they but weren't they, great. That's not the point. Uh, if both the stories are bad, I'd still rather watch Capaldi in a bad story. What than didn't her. you like about her? Was it just I that she was a woman her playing? Voice is annoying. Her accent was annoying. I uh, uh, just the whole package was annoying. <laughs> It wasn't that it was a woman playing it, I hope. Well, that wasn't a problem? Oh, no, that too. Really? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you are going to do something like make the Doctor a woman, yeah. then you better make damn sure that the my only reaction is, well, I'm not happy, but goddamn, she's good. But well, well, what's the problem with the Doctor being a woman? Like, really? What's, I mean, that was floated back in the, in the early 80s, man. You know? I've never had a problem with that. Um, um, I just don't, I think it's dumb. That's all. I just think it's dumb. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 look, I, I'm not going to defend her fucking era because I, the stories have basically stunk. Um, and I, and I don't think she's had much to work with. Like, honestly, I, I, I think she's been poorly served. That Chris Chibnall as a showrunner has been terrible. You know, he's uh, like, he's been, he's been terrible, frankly. And frankly, um, Moffat in his later years wasn't much better. Like, I don't think Capaldi, I think he was a good actor, um, but I, I didn't think much of a lot of Capaldi's stories. Like, honestly, like, they were better than hers, but I think, when I think of bad eras of Doctor Who, Colin Baker, um, I didn't like him much as a Doctor, but his stories weren't great. Uh, the first season of Sylvester McCoy, weak stories. Like, Peter Davison struggled at times with weak stories, but, again, Peter Davison was very good as the Doctor, so it kind of covered up the blemishes. But, yeah, she look, she didn't elevate the material. Uh, I think she will go down as... It's it's a weak era for the show, basically, and the, the ratings have shown that. 
Um, and here's here's the thing for me, okay? Look, if you are going to change a character, I'm immediately going to have ill feelings towards it, okay? But I still give you the chance to to win me over, okay? And yeah. actually, Doom Patrol is a perfect example of that because mm -hmm. um, uh, Larry Trainer in the comics, Negative Man, is not gay. Sure. Right? And in the TV show, they made him gay. Now, yeah. once I hear that, yes, I'm like, oh, fucking hell, that's so stupid. Why do you do that? But the, the TV show is so good and the character is so good. Sure. And his story and all that is so good that I have to go, damn, but it's a good. But, uh, you know, I did. Uh, am I a fan of the, the change? No. But it works or they've won me over or it's yeah. such a good story. I'm going to let it go. Okay. Right. Okay. So I yeah. give people the opportunity. I'm not going to like a change straight away. That's just who I am. Sure. I feel like it, uh, unless you show me that the change was for a good reason or sure. that you can make it compelling, I'm going to hate it straight away. And unfortunately <laughs> for them, the, him, making her uh, him a woman, I already go, I don't like it. But you didn't take your chance to win me over by giving her fantastic stories or sure. making her an interesting or enjoyable character so no I, okay I can no i idea. offer a counterpoint in terms of two change has been a feature of the doctor since like 1965 or four or whenever it was that you know the mid-60s when uh, patrick Thurden came in to replace william hartnell which was forced upon them by hartnell's age etc and health so every single doctor has faced that challenge. And I agree with you. Every time, I'm like, I hope I like them. And mostly I have. Like, mostly I have. I mean, I think they've, you know, Colin Baker was an example of one that I actively disliked uh, at the time. But that is part of the show. And the fact that it's a woman instead of a man, I mean, who cares? That's like if you hired someone at work. You know, like, at the end of the day, it's just gender. I mean, it's nothing about them... They could be good or bad. You know what I mean? And to me, it it means nothing. Same with making, uh, I forget what you said his name was, negative man, gay or straight. Like, it's, I, I, the way I react is I don't have a reaction. I just have to see what they're like kind of thing is, is how, I, how the stories play out. She was served very poorly by stories. So was Capaldi. And I, like, with Capaldi, they tried to get, lean into comedy, which I never felt was his strength. Um, I would have thought Capaldi would have been better doing a sort of more John Pertwee kind of style. Like, there were times when he did. and But I felt when Capaldi leaned into comedy, it was weak. Her, if I'm honest, I would say, if I had to sum her up, likeable but somewhat bland is how I would describe her performance. I, I did like her. And I and 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 I would have happily gone with another female doctor. That was not even a factor. But I never felt like they really gave her much meat. Really, she she played what I would call a generic doctor, helpful, you know, positive, upbeat, um, and that was it. Do you, you, you know what I mean? Like very sort of safe is how I would describe it. And I don't know. I just I I still feel. Like, when I think of the great doctors, the, and I'm talking the great doctors, Tom Baker, John Pertwee, Tennant, that's probably, to me, the absolute greats. And all of them, especially Tom Baker, uh, 
and to some extent Tennant struggled at times with some of the stories. If you go through story by story, some of the stories Tom Baker had were not great at times, you know, but he transcended the material and she did not do that, you know? No, well, I, as I said, I mean, again, it, it's all subjective if you want to call that, whether you like someone's acting or sure. their stories or whatever. But again, for me, there was no silver lining of sure. this this character, this arc, this yeah. seasons, whatever you want to call it. There was no no silver linings for me. I can't think of a single story of hers other than this episode that was in any way memorable or, or even good. Like, it was, at best, I mean... By the last season, I was actively saying to Michelle, I am seriously losing all faith with Doctor Who. And this is a show I have followed since childhood. And it isn't her fault. It's 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 the showrunner, it's the scriptwriters, it's the paucity of storytelling. Uh, at times I feel it's their format. I, I still feel... Well, the thing is, I don't know, I think you've given her too much of a free pass because uh, her and the showrunner are supposed to be bestest buddies, buddies, and I mean... Mm. I, I kind of feel like if the two of you are working together, then if you're performing, if you're lackluster, then I think it's both of you. Oh, look, I'm not sparing her from all blame. I'm just, uh, the showrunner has been appalling. I, I, I hope the showrunner never touches Doctor Who again. I, I honestly think the ratings have stunk, the stories have stunk. Uh, and I think that showrunner did at least some of Capaldi. I think. I could be wrong. Um, but certainly Moffat, maybe Moffat did and then handed it to him. But Moffat's later years were nothing flash either, really, honestly. Like, Doctor Who has been on a decline for probably probably about five years, roughly, you know? Like, it's been on a decline for a while. Um, and like all declines, it just sort of gets worse and worse. You know, like, this last episode was they they hit so many member berries, Rich. They were like, fuck it. We are the the audience that we seem to have shunned for, for weird reasons that I can never understand. Because the Doctor Who audience has kept this program alive for so long. Like they they went from shunning that audience, like the classic audience, to embracing them and squeezing them for all the member berries they could. And as a one off it really worked. So you know, like finally, sort of too late, they've realised, and I'm just like, my God, like, why was? The, I don't know? think they've realised. I think, um, I well, think someone has realised. You know, I think stories will be just as shit in the next one. You don't think Russell T Davies coming back in is going to? I think it'll help. Nah. Oh no, I think it will. I I think Russell T Davies. Well, we'll see who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> well, the, the he Russell T Davies rehabilitated the program back in two thousand five. Uh, had a very long and successful run, like and and handed a very successful show to Moffat. But so what? You don't lose your talent. Like, if you no, did it, you unfortunately, while you be brought onto a show, may not be allowed to use all your talent or take it in the ways that you want to take it or save it. You may get pushback on it. I would say, if I'm being honest, there's one reason he's been brought back. The ratings are terrible. They they know he's done it before. They're giving him... I mean, they're even giving him Tenet to, you know, kickstart the era. So, you know, they're giving him his best doctor and then they're going to pass it to the new guy. I would think... Look, dude, they've gotten so... Like, disregard this last episode, which I enjoyed. Uh, which, by the way, didn't have a ton of story. It was mostly member berries. Um... The, basically, outside of this episode, it's been so sort of bad, you know, just generally bad. 
that honestly anything's an improvement. Like I think cleaning house, you've got rid of her as a doctor. You've you've got tenant back for one. I'm sure they'll probably bring in more um, member berries for the sixtieth, which would make sense, and so they should. Um, oh look, I'm positive. Look, I think this was like they almost had nothing to lose. They they've their last season was terrible. And I think that they've finally gone, well, you know what, we're finally going to give the fans what the fans have been crying out for, which is old doctors, you know, monsters, callbacks, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do all that. We're going to tick all these boxes. And I honestly felt it was a really good um, uh, episode. Now, one thing I wanted to, just away from subjectivity, I just, I, I, I really feel that, one of the weaknesses in the new Doctor Who, because if okay, if we you and I, Rich, we, we watch plenty of the old Doctor Who, yeah, the the, the classic, where you would get four parters, generally twenty five minutes um, per episode would be a four parter, sometimes a six parter, sometimes a three parter, but it was it was generally most of them were multi parters, split over like twenty five minutes, uh, and some were longer than that, but four was you sort of happy medium. Then they went uh, in the mid-80s. They did a period of time where they did 45-minute episodes uh, and it was often a two-parter. What they've done since they brought it back, I always have felt like, with her especially, they just did one-shots. One-shot, 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 one-shot. And I felt they never got into the story enough and gave you enough story. Um, and see, I feel that's something, that's an error. I, I think if you, if you gave her, or him, like I said, we get past the 60th, okay, we assume the 60th is a special, very similar to this, they, they tick a lot, you know, they bring back a lot of old people and stuff. Okay, then we start the new series. Say we've got 20 episodes, I would do two-parters, and if I had 45 minutes to an hour, I would do a two-parter, so like a mini-movie. And Michelle said this during it. She goes, this one's more like a movie. I go, it is. Yeah, they're really using the hour and a half really well. By the end of the hour and a half, I felt very satisfied. Whereas I always felt with her, even if it was a slightly interesting story, it was over before it began. And I was always like, I I feel we could have milked this story for a bit more and gone for a little bit more depth isn't maybe the right word, but just a bit more, you know, meat on the bone. Um, Do you know what I mean, Rich? Are, Are you kind of hearing what I'm putting down? Uh, I mean, yes, but I don't know. I, I just find it – I just don't care. Yeah, well, th- but that's the effect of uh, well, the reason Doctor Who. I, I didn't care that much. Uh, at the end of the last season, I said to Michelle, honestly, I am almost ready to give up on Doctor Who. It was a chore to watch, and this is a show that I love. And no, but I mean, but even, but even everything you've described for this and and how it does nothing for me. Mm. I still, it, I still don't sit here and go, oh, or maybe I should check it out. I literally just sit here and go, okay, I still don't care. Like, but why? Everything you described, and because I've checked out. They've. I would say, give it a try. You've you've lost me, and the bridge is burnt. I'm sorry, there's no more bridge. I can't come back. Well, you know that they're bringing back Russell T Davies and a new Doctors, and so it's a new creative team behind the whole thing. So, you know, that's that's a positive. It's not like they're if if Chibnall was keeping his job into a new Doctor, I probably wouldn't be watching. But the fact is, you're bringing back. The... I, I I I think you're putting too much faith in what he can do. Well, he's he's done it before. He did it for ten years. So 
he has a track record on this very property, so I don't think it's a. Well, you you check it out and let me know, Dave. Well, yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I of course I will. And anyway, but but dude, watch this episode and tell me what you think next week. Okay, at least give this episode a try. There's not another episode until I think it's November next year. They're going to do the 60th anniversary. Yeah, it is because because that's when the the show started. Did you know that the first episode of Doctor Who, I believe, screened in the screened on the the day that JFK got killed in '63. I, I think I'm right in saying that actually. So it's yeah. November next year that um they're going to do the 60th anniversary with David Tennant, and I'm you know. So it's going to be a long time before there's a new Doctor Who episode. So check this episode out, Rich, and tell me what you think next week, man. At least, you know, and, and then you can, you know, we can see what you think, man. But, you know, definitely. I, I will definitely watch the, 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 the uh, tenant stuff with Russell T Davies with, you know, bated breath. I also wonder at times, um, there's so many things I would do if I was, I guess if I was a writer on the show, I, I honestly feel sometimes that they've, they've sort of, and this is a criticism over the last, probably the latter season of Matt Smith until now. They, I've said it before on the show, bad payoffs to seasons. They're cheesy payoffs. Um, I would do more stories set back in the past. Like you've got Time Lords, you've got, sorry, you've got, Cybermen who are Time Lords, and it's just ridiculous. Like, it's just like, I love the Cybermen, but when I see that Cyberman with the Time Lord insignia on his helmet, I just, I'm just like, this is a joke. You know, like, they've sort of mixed and matched so much of the stuff that it's it's almost meaningless, you know? Well, so one of the, my biggest problems with um, the modern Doctor Who overall mm. is the lack of new yeah creatures or enemies yeah. or aliens or, or whatever because if you look at the modern doctor if it's you know I, I, some don't get me wrong i'm not saying like there's nothing but sure. is they do they lean heavily on the daleks or the Cybermen oh. or you know what i mean yeah. and i've just been yeah. like I, that's cool i mean i don't mind you tapping into that every now and again but i kind of feel like they should have been setting up newer yeah, like dangers and villains and enemies and stuff and all that instead of like because I mean the Cybermen one Jesus Christ oh. for a long time they, they were the enemy like or the bad guy for like three seasons or something like oh, that. Oh, dude, like, they've over you and I love the Cybermen. They've and over, obviously the dogs as well. Yeah, that yes, they have. Um, I I love Dalek episodes, but and I love Cybermen. They have in modern Doctor Who overused and I and I would say almost misused the Cybermen on so many occasions. Um yeah. They look you are they are so guilty of what you're saying, Rich. They have sort of redone so many of the old monsters. Um you know, and sometimes poorly. Like that Sea Devil episode. I love the Sea Devils. I can't remember a single thing about that episode other than the Sea Devils were in it. <laughs> <laughs> like I like whatever happened, and that is so many of the shows of of her run. Honestly, they're so unmemorable. Like it's honestly like I just I've I watched them all. I'm struggling to think of any really good moments or bits. You know, um, as I said, I thought she was okay, but I'm, I'm talking about storytelling. I don't think the stories were well told. I I really don't and. 
it's funny out there when you you know people who oh don't dare say a bad thing about Doctor Who. Why? I mean, God, I've followed this program since I was like five, really, honestly, and. And I, the and only I, thing I know about that special that I read somewhere is that it still had like the lowest ratings. The new one, uh, the the special that you're talking about apparently still had super low ratings. Okay, well it's but Rich, it's worth checking out. Like, forget about ratings for a second. It's worth checking out. It's a lot better than anything they've done inside the last five years. A lot better. I think you'll probably enjoy it, man. I think you'll be, you might be surprised. I think. I I doubt it. Well, all you can do is check it out, Richard. Just check it out and come back to us next week. Sometimes I think your bar is too low, Dave. Well, look, for Doctor Who, I'm very forgiving. Um, yeah, but this is the thing. Like, it pains me to say a bad word about Doctor Who because I love it so much. But at the end of the day, I'll give a critical opinion. I can still assess a show. I can, you know, like, you know, I'm not that devoted. Anyway, so check it out. Now, we watched Black Adam today. I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd, um, the app that I use these days. Look, honestly, um, I enjoyed it more than I thought. I, I was I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like a third of the way through the movie, I was like, I'm actually enjoying this. Uh, I certainly have my criticisms. It's not a perfect movie, but I think it's a, it's as entertaining and as formulaic and sort of like good, and I use quotes around that, as many of, of the Marvel movies. I, I don't, I, I feel it's, I would put it, I gave it three and a half stars. I put it very similar to Aquaman, which I gave three stars, but I think they're both about the same level of movie. I just happen to prefer Black Adam. I also like they went a bit dark uh, with Black Adam in a sense, and he was actually doing shit that I was like, oh yeah, this is actually cool. We've finally got a character who's doing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, look, I also liked uh, they had Intergang. Uh, I thought that was cool. The Intergang was included. I liked the Justice League, uh, Justice Society stuff. Um, Hawkman didn't look as bad as I thought he was going to. He didn't look great, but I, I, I still I thought he looked all right. I thought Doctor Fate by Pierce Brosnan was good. I thought The Rock was good. I thought the Mother was good. Acted well. Um, the, there was a lot less of the comedy, which I which I thank God there was a lot less of the comedy. Uh, what comedy there was, I thought felt slightly out of place. Um, I could have done without it, but I did like the fact that the kid had all the Justice League stuff across his room, Superman, Batman stuff. Overall, in, I, I actually did enjoy it. I had a good time at the cinema. It was always fun to see you, Rich, and you know, just chill out and watch a movie. That was nice. Um, but uh, before the movie, we saw that Shazam trailer. I, I honestly just can't get it. I just think it's so fucking lame. I that's how I was watching that Shazam trial thinking, I am not the audience for this. I know this is for the little kids. God, I hate it. Um, I was glad that this was the opposite kind of thing. I thought that this was, I uh, really a, quite a well made formulaic movie. Don't get me wrong, very formulaic, very simple plot. Um, and I thought The Rock was actually good and restrained himself. He didn't do the eyebrow, which I think was a good move. Um, he did give a little bit of warmth to the performance late, but yeah, I, I'm giving I'm I'm giving it three and a half stars out of five. Rich, I'm going to hand the microphone to you, man. What's going on? What did you think? Give us your reaction. Uh, well, as I said, I was I'm willing to give it a three star, but okay. Um, uh, 
I agree with uh, a fair bit of the... Like, I loved uh, Pierce Brosnan as um, Dr. Fate. I thought he probably was the best thing in the movie. Um, I really enjoyed the look of Dr. Fate. I I liked his magic, and Pierce was just great as uh, Kent. Um, It it was great. Um, I actually really enjoyed um, Maxine Cyclone and... um, uh, Al is Adam Smasher. Yep. Actually, for those two as the newbies did a really good job. Um, really enjoyed them. Um, Hawkman, I thought, what a waste of a character. Whoever, the, I can't remember the actor's name. Terrible, woeful. Mm. Um, really should have got a much better actor for, um, who's essentially the main character of the JSA. Um, yeah. I know it's kind of split between... Um, Dr. Fate and Hawkman, but obviously Hawkman is supposed to be the leader. Mm. And uh, I don't know, like, uh, my, and, and for me, I just felt like this Hawk, this Hawkman was for, for a guy who's supposed to be like reincarnated, mm. um, you know, Egyptian sort of thing. He was a little bit too Harlem for me, <laughs> like, as Hawkman. Yeah, he was very straight uh, level. Can I ask you a question? Was in, like, forgive me if I missed this. Did they hint at anything like that with him, or was it just like they, they didn't really give an explanation for him at all? Did they? No, the only thing is that he said he didn't fear death. Um, he when, did say that uh, yeah. when when uh, he was told he was going to die. He said but he there was no flashback um, to no, no, the no, wife or anything. Really, there was no origins to any of the JSA characters yeah. or anything. It's it uh, a Black Adam movie, so that's fine. I don't expect him to. Get no, no, I was just questioning that. I, he was very. Uh, I almost call it by the book. He he was just. You know when an actor just does a very simple sort of man on the street kind of, like you're saying he was doing Brooklyn or whatever, but he was just, I don't know, it was it was blank. I thought he was a good-looking guy. I thought he did okay. He punched a line, but there was not much to it, you know? No, as I said, this is probably like, um, uh, for me, uh, probably one of the worst Hawkmen, even in, in terms of like really? the TV Hawkmen. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'd much rather see the... The guy um, in Legends was all right. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd much rather see the Legends of Tomorrow or um, hell, even the the guy that did him in Smallville. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What's his name? Michael Shanks, I think. It was oh, really? Is he in... Brother. I haven't got up to that yet. Is Hawkman in that? Yeah, it's the really? m- much, much later ones. Even Stargirl's in it and Dr. Fate's in it. Really? And, okay. And all that, yeah. Wow. Uh, but that's when the show was terrible, so... Yeah, but I, I'm taking a break from Smallville. But... You know what? I thought Hawk Man in the costume and the fighting looked pretty cool. Like, yeah, except my only issue is um, I thought it absolutely... I, I just couldn't believe my eyes when he was literally punching Black Adam, and I was just like, no, 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 no. This is wrong. Is he a superhero, like, in terms of... Like, or a metahuman, in terms of strength? No, no he's... Oh. No, no. That, that's that's why he's weapons. That's why he has... And, and by the way, I like that... <laughs> The nth metal. The one thing I do like about the Hawkman is that the nth metal, like how the mace changed to an axe. Yeah, that was cool. And that was cool. I like that. But his strength or how he beats up people is not with his fists. He's not Superman. He, he can't. He can't punch Black Adam and Black Adam go flying. So I found that ridiculous. right. Um, yeah, he's just a guy yeah, yeah. with a with a with a mace, isn't he? Basically. Yeah. For, for the most part, the actor was really good. I just thought Hawkman could. They could have got a better actor for him. Yeah. And, and just the way they portrayed him as well, which is not necessarily the actor's fault. Um, that's that's also the fault of like the director or yeah. casted way. Uh, I didn't feel like they maybe took Hawkman in in a good direction either. The kid that plays uh, Amon, 
Oh, fucking awful. You weren't a fan, were you? This is some of the worst child acting I've seen. Um, and he does the narration. He was just movie, playing a young. So terrible. Oh, can I, Rich? I will one hundred percent agree with you. The narration at the start, while interesting, I thought, and an interesting way to tell a story, was really badly spoken um, or narrated. I guess, like the the inflection of the speech, it was it was tough to understand. It didn't convey gravitas. I, I think it would have been a better option to do the mother doing the narration. She was much more well spoken. Well, you know, actually, you know what? I, I, for forget about who could do the narration better. I don't think you even need a narration for, yeah, for that. They spent so much time, yeah, in that that you could have had characters sort of explain what was happening, yeah. in the flashback. You know, you could have had the bad guy saying, "I need more." Eternium for the crown, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. like, you actually, the way they shot that opening totally. stuff, setting up the the origin, you actually didn't even need a narration. You could have actually got the story 100%. just by having the characters act sort of naturally and and normal and all that. So that's a bit of a shame that they went the whole um, narration route. I always think that's a very che- like a cheap lazy. Agreed. And way I was of thinking doing, of doing it, Rich. You'll be happy to know as. They were doing the narration. I the first thing I thought was, I I just wonder why DC and Warner's do this narration stuff. Why not just start it in the past? You, I mean, it was a long scene, you know. Like so, yeah, I agree. You you didn't need a narrator, basically. Um, and, and certainly, if you needed one, you needed a better narrator than the kid. Who it was appalling. I, I was like, who is narrating this? Because it is not good. Um, and doesn't it amaze you, Richard, that like in these movies that cost like let's say this movie cost what like three hundred or four hundred million, you know, something around that number when you take into account marketing, with so much at stake, the first thing that the audience picks up is what a bad narrator, you know. How does that pass the audience testing and stuff? That what? How does that someone not give the note? Really, poorly narrated. Get someone else because anyone could have done it. The, the, the well, you know, mother. Could yeah, the problem it. is, I think they wanted the kid to make the narration. So, but and and the, obviously, that was probably the best take. I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> that they got, which is sad. Yeah. Um, I agree but, with you there, though. The, look, the kid's comedy was jarring. Because the kid was just constantly, he was kind of like an ingenue, you know, like he was just, there was just something, there was just something very sort of unformed about him. And some people will say, well, he's the kid, you know, but I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I, it's so sad to me that they feel that they have to inject this Marvel humor. And again, to be fair, like, it's not as prolific as 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 marvel does it right it's not no. like so prolific that it's like fucking every scene but it is jarring though when mm. when you get these moments of of this marvel humor as we're calling it now mm. because i kind of think to myself you know especially some and that, to be fair like they have um they have lightened um teth adam's origin because yes. in the comics he actually and it's not his son. I believe it's his nephew. He actually kills his nephew. Yes, it's in the JSA, like, snap, run by Jeff Johns, snaps isn't it? His, snaps his neck, <laughs> right, and kind of basically intercepts the. Yes. You know, so like his nephew yells Shazam, and as he yells Shazam, his uncle like snaps his neck, 
don't hurt him. And then he gets the power, and then he never ever says the magic words again. So he always has the power. So the, obviously they didn't go down that dark route of like, well, oh, they, you're a they can't child because it could be they no. can't because that's too irredeemable, you know. But what I'm saying is, that I still wish you had treated it with a little bit more seriously and not and not gone for the cheap laughs. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like I just. I want if you're going to be doing something like this where he is a bit more of an anti-hero, he's a little bit more serious. Definitely. Um, I think know, he was. I think more... he was quite a bit darker than your standard hero. You know. Yeah, but it's still that interjection of the Marvel humor, just kind of. Yeah, but it's they, so they have to. They have to. I, I agree with you, and I could have done without it. I think if I'm being looking from a top-down perspective. Um, like with Snyder, who who tried so heavily to go into dark, and they got so much criticism. I just look; they didn't do a lot of the humor, which I and I th- I think it's almost impossible for them not to do it because Marvel have sort of shown that is such a formula to money making, you know. And I just feel they've got the Rock. Look, he didn't get a lot of humor, and th- that is rare for a Rock performance. You know, he he really didn't. Do well, much of that. The humor you know? also came from him being the straight man. Yes. So there was the silver humor around him. But I thought that worked. Like when it was him. like, is it is that sarcasm and you know that that banter with Doctor Fate? I actually felt that worked. What I felt didn't work was some of the stuff with the kid, um, where I don't think we needed the childlike sense of wonder of the kid. I, I, I thought some of that could have been cut I do wish the child would have acted a little bit more seriously instead of being like some... Mm. Um, uh, because to, my, my problem with the kid is he's basically just a copy of Freddy from the Shazam movie. So yeah, Freddy is, in the yeah. Shazam movie, he's like, oh my God, superheroes are the best. I love superheroes. You know, exactly. I'm a big fucking superhero nerd. And then so is this kid. And you kind of go, it's kind of a bit lame because you're kind of having... Because obviously, obviously, Shazam and Black Adam share uh, a history mm. and they share an origin with the wizard. This is weird that you both gave them a kid or a friend. Yeah, who's just totally a... obsessed with fucking superheroes. So. I I agree, but you know what? It was the one the one thing is they did get a chance to put a lot of DC justice paraphernalia in the room and stuff, which I thought did work well. You know, and I mean, they definitely. I don't know if James Gunn helped with this movie, but they definitely tried to um, have some James Gunn musical moments. You know, like when the guys like uh, in the car, you know, something something serious is about happening, and then they cut to the guy in the car, and he's you know, baby, come back. But I thought that worked. Yeah, but worked. then and then you got the like the the um, Rolling Stones, you know, uh, what's it? Paint black. black. Door. Paint it black. Yeah, paint black, and and you know, and and while everyone's like exploding and dying, they're playing that song and everything's slow. So it's like they took. Okay, this movie to me is this. Someone said, "I'm going to take things I like about Snyder and things I like about James Gunn and, and smash it into one movie." Mm. But that's not a bad solution. Like really, there, there's Maybe. good things. Of, well, what I'm saying is, if you took the best of each of them, I think each of them did have some decent moments. Um, I think with James Gunn, and we're going to cover him, I think sometimes he falls too much on the same tricks. But in general, I think makes a decent movie. Snyder is very repetitive and very heavy-handed. So a smattering of Snyder was good. Like this, I will say this for this movie. I did like that Black Adam pretty much unapologetically kills and is pretty hardcore through... This movie, they that element of the character, they got that. 
you know, yeah, they tidied up his origin and cleaned it up like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, of course, but you have to do that um, to make the character palatable, you know, and, like, these fucking corporate monoliths, when they pump out this stuff, they don't want it to be, like, he murdered his nephew and stuff. But he was pretty dark by by the sort of, like, rules and regulations of the superhero movie formula that we've seen over the last, you know, since 2008, at least. You know, like... He was darker than normal. He got away with more stuff oh, than normal. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about dark in that he probably killed over 200 people, yes. Yeah, but I liked that because you know what they're like. Some of these movies, like, oh, my God. No, you, okay, you... Sorry, he killed way more than that if I'm, if I'm including the origin. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is, like, a lot of these movies, like, if you stray off the fucking paladin path, they'll, they'll react, like, so, like, it's just so ingrained in them that to follow the corporate line... I liked that he was a bit... I felt that they did a pretty good job of cleaning him up a little bit, but also letting him loose. Like, I enjoyed it. I, I was like... That was part of my enjoyment. I was like, oh, okay, we're not soft-pedaling too much. I thought they were going to soft-pedal him more, frankly. My expectations for this movie were that, was that I was going to come out and say it was a two-star movie, and why did they bother? I came out saying three and a half stars, and I thought they did better than I expected. And, and I was kind of like, I'm ready, for, I'm ready for more, whether it's Black Adam or more JSA or whatever. I came out going, I want more of this, you know, sort of universe. When I say universe, I mean Black Adam. I mean the Superman at the end, the JSA, yada, yada, yada. For me, this movie is inoffensive, unoffensive, mm. whatever you want to call it, but mm. not, uh, oh, my God, i got to watch it again or, sure. you know, oh, let's go see it again. So... It's fair enough, man. So, well, yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I enjoyed it more than you, but um, at the end of the day, I, look, let's have a look at Box Office Mojo. I think it took $60 million last weekend and topped the box office, and I, I think that's a reasonable effort from a movie that I think there was a lot of doubters on. Let's I have wish a... they'd given him hair. Fuck. Yeah, but it's The Rock, man. What are you going to do? Put a two pound. but bless, Black Adam has a very particular look. It's he just, has got so, the widow's peak. Kind of iconic he? in itself. Do you know what I mean? Like Black Adam's look is kind of iconic, man. That the, yeah, but, the widow's yeah. peak, you know, receiving. It's just, it's. I don't know. I wish they could have just tried. I mean, did they even try and put like a fucking two no. We got him to see if they could pull it off. I think that's his brand, man. I mean, um, he did it, yeah, but he did it for Hercules, man. Yeah, but Hercules was a long time ago, dude. Um, you know, he's it is the Rock, like you know, and th- there is he does bring his own audience in. Okay, so so far, it's taken seventy six million in the states with a sixty seven uh, opening weekend and seventy five million worldwide. It's at one hundred and fifty two. I mean, I it's got a pretty high audience score. I mean, obviously the critics are hating it, but these same critics are, are you as fucking hardcore on many of a Marvel movie? Because I can tell you, this is three and a half stars. Many of the Marvel movies are two and a half or three star movies in my books. Many, many times they come out with a three-star movie or a three-and-a-half. So it's no worse than a lot of those movies. And I personally enjoyed... You know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed that they were getting things in, like, Intergang. There was the stuff with Amanda Waller. There was the stuff... That, and, like, it was done quite well. JSA was done well. I, I liked that it wasn't just Black Adam in his own Black Adam universe fighting people, you know. It was... There was a wider world. And I thought it was done well, and it wasn't overdone. And and then at the end, let's talk about the end scene, which we all know about. Uh, Amanda Waller's 
threatening him, saying, "Okay, you're not a prisoner um, in his her cell anymore, but you're a prisoner in Kandark or Kandark, however you say it." Um, yeah, and then she goes, but I can call. He says that no one on Earth can stop me. She goes, I can call in a favor for someone from another planet. Then Superman came in with the curl and a slightly brighter rendition of the costume. So first appearance of Henry Cavill again in quite some time. Um, I was excited by that because I am excited if we can get a Superman movie. Frankly, um, so what? As a, as a DC lover, how are you on the whole Henry Cavill thing then? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty indifferent right now. Really? You don't want a Henry Cavill Superman movie? Yeah, if it's a good one. But I mean, it's hard to get excited when when there's not been that many good movies from DC. Why should I just automatically get excited? Well, like let's the next Superman movie could still be a complete nutter fuck up. Well, let's look at the recent DC movies. I, I thought the Suicide Squad was okay. Aquaman was pretty decent. This was pretty decent. Wonder Woman 84, I felt, was a real misstep. Like, there have been some decent movies mixed in in the last, you know, let's say three years. There have been, there've been some good ones and some some stinkers, but I don't think we're at the, the lows of Justice League, which was, I think, the lowest point they ever reached. So I'm, I'm hoping that... And we're going to move into our next segment, and I guess we can introduce this now. We got announced, quite surprising, really. Not a lot of people... The movie was terrible. Which Batman movie? Batman v Superman was pretty terrible. I love Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. And the steel was pretty terrible. So, I mean, if you're going to add up all the DC stuff, there's been more stinkers than winners. Yes, but you look at the last three years, and you look at, like, Aquaman uh, and Suicide Aquaman Squad. Aquaman didn't come out three years ago, man. I think, pretty sure Aquaman came out, like, five years ago. Okay, well, it was a good movie. Yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad did well. You know, like, what I'm saying is... Yeah, Suicide Squad was a terrible movie. Well, it, it did all right, though. Like, it wasn't... I don't think it was terrible, terrible. The, the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one. Yeah, terrible. And you had the Peacemaker show, which did well. Oh, terrible. Yeah, but it did well, is what I'm saying. Like, it was a success. So, this movie oh, comes... great. Well, if that's the successes, then I'm really not interested in the, the DC universe. So, then, no, I'm not excited. If James Gunn is going to be controlling uh, Superman and he's too, his TV show, his movie, are considered the successes and the great stuff, then I'm really not interested. Well, um... So we've got this in the we've got this in the in the news, and this is this is the big news of this week that James Gunn and Peter Safran are to lead the film, TV, and animation division. I think it's a really strong move because, regardless of what you say about James Gunn, he has hit the he has hit the sweet spot with audiences in the main over the last decade. He has had more hits than misses. You know, I've certainly been critical of Guardians two. Suicide Squad, I thought was okay. The Suicide Squad, I really liked his pace, Peacemaker. I, I do trust in him a little bit, much more than I have trust in a lot of their other, uh, you know, the, the, the confusion they've had at Warner's over who's going to actually, even to give someone, I think, very clearly give them the reins, I think is almost a positive move. And so they're going to um, assume the title of co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios. Now... Uh, they report to David Zaslav, and obviously this is Discovery have now acquired Warner Brothers. Now, I don't know. I I think it's actually a good move, Rich. And and I will remind you, many years ago, you were so hot on Guardians One. I remember just, and I love that movie. You were so hot on that, and that is from your man James Gunn, Rich. You know, yeah, with restrictions. 
Superstar Squad is James Gunn without restrictions, and it's awful. People need restrictions. <laughs> Otherwise, their humor becomes too bloated and overbearing and um, juvenile. But it might not all be humor as well. Like, I mean, yeah. when you're overseeing, if you're overseeing a film studio, you're not writing every fucking movie. You know, you're hiring people. You're going for, you know, you're picking a direction, a stick it and pick it kind of style. I think it's a good move, actually. I right, desperately so need Kevin it. Feige is in charge of Marvel, and every single Marvel movie feels the same. Oh, so maybe all of them will feel like a James Gunn movie. Well, I mean, Kevin Feige has been a. I mean, almost an unqualified success, if you look at it, for, for Marvel but Studios. You're saying that he's not going to be... Kevin Feige is in charge and is involved, and every single Marvel movie feels the same. So I, I don't they think they all, all have a James Gunn fingerprint on them. They'll definitely have the and fingerprint. He'll, and he'll be the one in charge, so there'll be probably no restrictions on him. And what but, he's that's not, but, but that's not necessarily... Like, I mean, Marvel movies follow a formula, and I'm certainly critical of that at times. But as a success... They are, you know, they've made billions and billions and billions of dollars. They are a huge success. So Warner's to even get in the game, to even pick people who have some sort of a vision. Uh, like, the first thing they need to do is get a good Superman movie out there. Like, that's the first thing they need to do. And the fact that, that they've even brought Cable back for this very small appearance is a sign that obviously, clearly, that that's, that's a plan. And... That's the kind of stuff they need to do. Now, no, I'm not saying that just, oh, they've hired James Gunn for this. Like, it's going to be a grand slam. No, but I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And no, I'm not, I wouldn't even be saying, I need James Gunn directing Superman. But hire the right person to do it, you know, there's, there's really no reason. When you watch a movie like Black Adam, okay, which, as I said, three and a half stars, I was watching and thinking, really, honestly, this is about as good as m- much of the Marvel product. There is nothing really these days holding you back from a good, doing a good Superman movie. Like, really honestly. Like, nothing these characters are doing. Black Adam's flying around, punching people out. It's all stuff that Superman could be doing. They've got the money. They've got the technology. You know, uh, I'm not sure about the technology. That's another thing about this. Um, I was saying to you, there's something about the DC movies. Mm. The quality of CG is definitely... I'll give this to the Marvel movies. Mm. As much as I find them all redundant and and uh, repetitive, repetitive mm. at least the CG looks really good in them. Most, you know, like nine times out of ten. The CG is still a problem in the DCU. Really? I, I liked the look of the bikes of the Intergang had. I thought that looked yeah, good. Yeah, that's the bike. That's mechanical stuff. But there's still there's still an issue with the CG looking sure not good enough, or or that you can really tell that it's, it's it doesn't look as sleek. It doesn't somehow yeah. some. Yeah, I agree with you. There's like this. I watched the Ant Man trailer before this. It looked a lot slicker than what. Uh, they had on screen for Black Adam. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Warner Brothers need to get a better company, or mm. maybe in start investing in better technology or something. But they they need to step up their CG game if they want to be doing all these like CG heavy. There were moments with Black Adam flying, not when he was flying, but more zipping that I thought didn't look good. You know, like mm. when I say zipping, I mean like so he's in one, one spot and he kind of zigzags. You know what I mean? Like, when he just flew in the air, it looked fine. But there was some... Do you know what I mean? He was kind of like zipping, zipping around the screen, and I thought it looked a little sort of average. Um, 
Oh yeah, look, there were moments in this where it looked good, uh, but there were also a lot more moments where it looked very like like Black Panther bad. Mm. Yeah. You know, like if you remember Black Panther when the two Black Panthers are fighting. Vaguely. And it just looks all light and 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 uh CGI where you can just tell that it's just two CG CGI guys fighting. Yeah. Like there's no white it's like that sometimes in this movie when they're fighting that you just feel like there's no real weight. Like that that is not real. Do you, yeah, I hear. One thing I I you know, one thing that I, I do believe, and I was chatting to Dion after this movie and he was saying so there was no plot that I go, Oh, there was a plot. Very simplistic plot, but there's a plot. I mean Honestly, we're at the point now where it wouldn't stun me to hear that there aren't really script writers. There's just a computer writing these scripts because they are so they are so well, predictable. One, you know, one thing I said to you is this: this script, this story, is mm. basically Batman v Superman. Right. Uh, but instead of it being just two guys fighting and then yeah, a yeah. third um, bad yeah. entity Doom comes up and they it. join forces, um, it's 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 Black Adam and obviously. You are right. Say, yeah. and, and they sort of, you know, see each other as a threat. They fight in, and then obviously a bigger, badder threat comes. They join forces, blah, blah, blah. So it's basically, I mean, if you're talking about what the plot is, it's the, pretty much the same plot of Batman v. I agree with you. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes I think you get away with it, and I think they get away with it here. But I do believe that not even ambition is not the right word, but some of these movies they could do with a more punchy script. I really believe that. And I don't mean punch in people in terms of fighting. I mean like they've gotten away in the they really have gotten away from the basics of filmmaking in this superhero era. And it you know, they've the limitations that people criticize, ironically, of superhero comics are definitely very obvious in these movies. They have dumbed it down, and I mean Marvel and DC. And I'm not; it's both of them. They have dumbed it down so much, and are so spectacle driven that there are moments where I just I, I sort of tune out. I I am very close with superhero movies at times to just tuning out. You know what I mean? And I didn't tune out of this one because I found it reasonably entertaining. But I wasn't a million miles away from tuning out. You know, I wasn't. It was I. I was enjoying myself in the cinema, but I can tell you that if it just a little bit hadn't had a little bit of stuff in it, I would have tuned out. So I just this, I don't I don't see this movie as being like um, saving DC or, or or turning a corner. I just see it as trading water. Mm. I I would say probably slightly turning a corner. I I, I do. I think the end box office will be, I, I would anticipate in the five hundred six hundred range somewhere around there, which I think is a decent effort for Black Adam. Um, I I think it's a step. It's a step in the right direction for them as a studio, is what I would say. It's certainly not. It's not a grand slam or anything, but certainly I think by the end of this, I did want more of the DC kind of universe stuff like the fact that they tied in amanda waller they had superman they had the justice society i was kind of like these things are cool and i think that there was there was just enough of them that i was like yeah i want more even the mention of intergang i i, I thought that was cool i've never seen intergang mentioned in any of these movies before um i thought that was cool i thought we might get an appearance of lex Luthor or something but it didn't happen um you know but that was cool i mean i 
Anyway, it, look, it is what it is. I'm giving it three and a half. You're giving it three. That kind of shows where we are. We're not, we're not endorsing it as the greatest movie of all time. But you know, DC also like Warner's really rich. Um, for me, it's lowered expectations. If you know what I mean, like, so it's kind of yeah, like look, as I said, it's not a it's not a terrible movie. It's not an offensive movie. It's not like you're gonna. I mean, for me, it's not like I walked out thinking, "Good God, I fucking hate yeah. it." But yeah. My God, I didn't love it either. Like, no, I mean, definitely not. Um, you know, and and once again, I have to laugh that this movie comes out, and currently there's a Black Adam comic out, and basically <sighs> in the comic he's dying and he's passing his powers on to someone else. And I'm just like, yeah. your timing yeah. with these comics of yeah. changing the yeah. like the, the status quo when a movie comes out is I don't know how you plan it like that. It's uh, just, the, the the comics div- planning. the comics division at DC do not know what they're doing. They, they, Marvel as well. It doesn't no, no, movies. yeah, you know, and Marvel. They have lost the plot. It's so ironic because superhero movies have never been bigger than than they have been in the last fifteen years. They probably will never get bigger. Um, and the comic book divisions have almost collectively lost the plot completely. And they will swear to you they haven't. I'm sorry, you have, and you failed. So many times, I, I actually think they're a little bit clueless, Rich. You know, and it doesn't surprise you. The, the second Black Adam is out there having a fucking movie. Of course they've got a comic where he's dying and passing the power on. I mean, of course, Rich. You know, why wouldn't they? Of course, you know, that's just standard from them. You know, that's just normal behaviour. And, and by the way, the character that he's passing is going to be called White Adam. That's so fucking lame. I can't even believe it, but it, it is just... Like honestly, like seriously, DC and Marvel, I they I, I honestly wonder if anyone is even running the comics division at DC these days. It just feels like it's just yeah, honestly. Good question. Good question. And you know, this doesn't come from. I'm not. Not. I'm not impassioned. I'm just so apathetic to it. There's so many great DC comics from back in the day uh, that I guess I'm. I'm enjoying those. Like I'm reading Hawkworld at the moment and fucking loving it, but. Current DC Comics, I mean, honestly, do they even know what they're doing other than churning out and spamming Batman? Other than that, it's just like, what are we even doing? You know? Like, we're just making shit up. Um, the, the, the last thing I'll say that disappointed me is that they didn't even have Hawkman in green pants. <laughs> I thought he looked all right in the costume. No. Is, is that, I, can I, can I ask? Pants- he needed the green pants, man. The red pants just that, yeah. It made it look weird. I like that classic Hawkman. Can I ask a question? Um, and I'm sorry if this is a stupid question. The 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 outfit of Hawkman is that all CGI or is he actually wearing it? Uh, no, I'd, I'd say the wings are CGI, but everything else and the helmet, right? Uh, okay. When it when it forms and disappears, is CGI. Otherwise, it's all practical. I I, I thought it looked pretty good, to be honest. Like. A fucking great image, Hawkman. And, and you know what? It's I mean, not a terrible costume, but my god, it needed the green pants, man. Like it needed to break up the power because there's red in the ring in the wings. Mm. It's it's just too much like red and gold. They needed the green to break up the. I'm going to my Ostrander while we're talking. Red. I'm going to my Ostrander, and I want to just see what he's wearing in the Ostrander um, one because uh, I, I I hear what you're saying. Um, well, in this one, it looks like he's got sort of. Ray pants. Um, I don't know. But well, yeah. in the Ostrander one, he's basically in a, in a bloody military fascist. Yeah. I love it. You know, I love it. 
Um, I've actually when we're talking like let okay, we, we we've covered fucking Black Adam. We've probably given it more. Yeah. We've given it more than I need. Let's just focus on Hawkman the character because <clears throat> I love this character. Now, um, back in the day, like back in the day day of the original Hawkman stuff, was he like I know it was Carter Hall, like an archaeologist or something. Um, did he like was Thangar always the part? Like so, by the seventies, he's Hawk. Excuse me. He's Hawkman, you know, in the Justice League when he's fighting with, like, Green Arrow and stuff. He's from Thangar then, isn't he? Uh, Thangar is a retcon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and it's a retcon, I think, because of the Ostrander Hawkworld. Right. Uh, if I remember correctly. So, again, the original Hawkman was all about uh, ancient Egypt, I believe. Yes. Um, and then did he fight Black to... Adam back in the day? Did was there crossovers with him and Black Adam? No, 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 no. I thought this was all, ancient all, Egypt. Jeff Johns, buddy. That's all Jeff, but Jeff Johns. Cool, and it's pretty cool too. Yeah, I, I just love, but I like Hawkman as well in the seventies comics with like Terry Bates and Jerry Conway and those guys when he was like fighting with Green Arrow and stuff, like bickering with him and stuff. I, I like that Hawk. He was like a hard charger. He was like a he was like a cop, but like a bit of a rough cop, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, I liked that. So was that that Hawkman? You know, the you know how it was always like Green Arrow was like left leaning, and Hawkman was kind of right, more than right leaning. He was right wing, and that was their dynamic. Was that Hawkman? He wasn't from Thanagar. He was Carter Hall. Am I right? Um. Yeah, yeah, okay. So original, if you're talking about the original Hawkman, mm. right? Like original from like the 50s and all that sort of stuff. Or sure. Or 40s, 50s. Yes, that is uh, reincarnation, ancient Egypt, Prince Khufu, all that sort of shit. Um, him and Shira, you know, reincarnated lovers, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's, that's cool. it. Then when they did the Silver Age. Yes. So that's Golden Age. Yes. When they did the Silver Age, Julie Swartz, because he wanted to add science fiction. Yes. To pretty much everything. He basically made it that um, Hawkman was an alien police officer from the planet Thanagar. That's the one I really like. That, that That's yeah. the Justice League one. That's the one I love, actually. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I thought he was from Thanagar because they mention it. Like, And he has Hawk. And then this Hawk world is kind of like a continuation of that and all that. And then I yeah. think okay. what they did was they took those two things and married them together. So now... The history is that they were originally from Thanagar, uh, um, and then they crash-landed in ancient Egypt. Right. And kind of seen as gods. Oh, I see. I see. Rulers and blah, blah, blah. And then, so that's how they tried to sort of, like, marry. That's a cool together. idea, though. That's a cool idea. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, yeah. Hawkman, again, has gotten one of – he's probably got the most convoluted – I love it. Um, uh, retconned history in, like – the history of... of uh, That's funny, character. isn't it? Uh, but I will say this. I fucking think he's an entertaining character. And one... I, I, I don't mean to bring up Black Adam again, but they didn't really do the Hawkman... Like, the Hawkman character, ironically, in the comics that I know, he's kind of a hard charger. Um, whereas this one was trying to get Black Adam from killing people. Kind of Hawkman, he may not have killed people, but Jesus Christ, he used to rough them up badly. You know? Mm. So... Yeah, okay. So, all right, that's cool. Man, we've got to do more of this. We'll, what we'll probably do is I'm going to hunt down 
for flashbacks, maybe some of the classic Justice like Justice League stories from the seventies. You know, the Silver Age. Um, is it Silver Age or is that Bronze Age? Bronze Age. Yeah, Bronze Age. Seventies. Yeah. Like so, Jerry Coleman. Okay, so, yeah, Silver Silver Age is the sixties. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Like more Weissinger, Superman, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then your Bronze Age is like nineteen seventy. It's basically up to the crisis. Fights. Gotcha. Okay, because when I think of Hawkman, I think of um, the the I think of the JLA in the seventies when they're on the satellite era. Yeah. Well, that's the alien. Um, that, that's the Thanagarian Hawkman. Yeah, that's the one I think of, man. And you know why that? Because I must have seen that as a kid. It's like a childhood memory for me. So I kind of, I kind of, I'll be honest with you. This might not surprise you. I kind of build up stories in my own head that never really kind of like I've not even read. I just build them up in my own head. That's shit that went on, and I'm quite happy that way, Rich. You know. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, fuck it. Like, why not? They can't fucking take it away from me as well. I'm like, fuck them. This is the Hawkman. He, Hawkman's cool. Like. He's not a particularly complicated character, which I like too. He's just like a fucking angry guy with a mace. He's a bit of a right winger, likes to clash with Green Arrow. You know, like, you know, they like, they bicker back and forth, those two kind of like an old married couple kind of thing almost. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, man, bring on a fucking, maybe not a Hawkman movie. That, that might be a bit too much Hawkman, but bring on a, um, like a, like, I, I, what I actually want, if, if I had my wish, it wouldn't even be Justice Society. It'd be Justice League on the satellite. With Hawkman as a main time fucking member, um, that's what I would like. Uh, I quite liked Hawkman in that Legends Tomorrow show. He wasn't in it too much. They, I like Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman as well. I think she's pretty cool. So there's a lot of stuff here. But listeners, if give us your views. I know we've, we've got a lot of people who who like to chime in and stuff. I, I know Adam the computer hated it with a passion. Black Adam, Connor. Quite liked it. Connor was around where I am. I quite liked it. it was enjoyable enough. But, you know, he's not raving. But I like I like that the person named Adam hated it. <laughs> Adam of the computer hated it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, there's Black Adam, there's White Adam, and there's there's grumpy, discontented Adam. Um, Adam <laughs> the computer, neg- negative Adam. Yeah, he was negative Adam. Yeah, exactly. He really he really disliked it. Um, yeah, he was. <laughs> I forgot about that actually. Now. Um, you've got something here about Warner Brothers content purge. What's going on, Rich? Uh, yeah, so just uh, apparently, you know, how everyone was going like, oh, my God, they're so stupid. Oh, they cancelled the Batgirl movie. Oh, my God, they've lost their minds. Oh, oh, oh. Well, apparently all the content they've done has saved the company like over $2 billion. But where's that getting reported, Rich? Like, what's your source here for this? Um, so it's basically the... I don't know, the people that do the market share stuff and, and I guess, check values and all that sort of stuff and, and when they do their... Uh, but it's all a tax write-off. That was why they did it, wasn't it? Was It was yeah, a huge tax write-off. Uh, yes, and so now they're saying there's probably going to be a few more cuts to come as well, but apparently, and more reshuffling, but apparently mm. all that stuff has saved them money. It's not actually like they haven't lost money is the... Yeah, but uh, I mean, are you buying That's the? Whole... I mean, you're saving over two billion. This is pe- this is Again, this is not this is not coming out of Warner Brothers. This is coming out of financial. Experience. This is PR, Rich. This is financial Hollywood accounting at its best. These are the same people who tell you Batman movies have never made real profits. You know what I mean? This is Hollywood accounting, dude. I, look, I, look, I I couldn't give a fuck. They cancelled Batgirl. 
Um, apologies to my friend Stella, who does, <laughs> who adores Batgirl, and I love Stella. But like, just purely, just cold-bloodedly, the the cancelling of Batgirl was to me was barely a ripple. I know people are outraged, but I don't know. There, there's, I I think the news of this week is the positive news is they've appointed two co-heads to run the studio. According to the SEC filing. Okay. But what is that market valuation? Like is it is it is it the Warner's stock or what what are we talking about? Is that what is that what, is that what you mean? Like it has gone up or something or Cuz I know it was a tax write off. That was why they didn't that's why they supposedly why they canceled the film. Well, they, all, you know. So basically it's all labeled as uh, cost cutting measures. So okay. everything they cut was to But that could mean you know what that could also mean, Rich? When when companies cost cut is generally not a great sign as well. Like when they're slashing jobs and closing their departments and stuff, that's often a very bad sign for a company. You know, they they're they're bleeding money, basically. You know, their their movies aren't making enough money and yeah. Yeah. It was just how much Warner Brothers Discovery stands to gain from cancelling the Batgirl movie and other projects. According to the company's SEC filing, it wrote off over $2 billion worth of cancelled content during its financial third quarter. The company said its restructuring efforts are ongoing and couldn't continue until the end of 2024. Hmm. But that's not good. The The fact that they're slashing content and all this, like they're doing all that stuff oh, on I, HBO Max. I think, it's, I think it's great. Why? Because most of the content sounds like shit. But a lot of it is like a lot of the stuff that they've got on HBO Max wasn't shit that they got they shut down. It was just they don't want to pay the licensing fees for the shows and stuff. Like it's not all like just the fact a company's cost cutting isn't a great sign. That's usually a sign a company's in trouble. They're bleeding money. They're not making. They're not bringing enough well, money yes, in. They are. They are in trouble because they keep greenlighting shitty shows that no one wants to see and makes them a laughing stock and gets derided. So. Yes, rather but than that's, money that's, by that's you're generalising there because they've certainly had some good shows on HBO Max. Like they've had, just off the top of my head, and I'm not sitting here, like they've had decent shows that have, you oh, know, like sure, Harley Quinn. None of, none of the DC stuff. Come on, ha- Harley Quinn. That that oh, Harley. Awful. But it's a success. Like I know you say it's, it's awful, but it's, it's a success. You're the only person I know who talks about it. I know I lots hear, of people. I don't hear any talk about it on online or. I know lots of people who like that show, and it's yeah. the fact that it's been renewed again for another season. Jesus Christ! Everyone hates Rings of Power, and more people are talking about Rings of Power than Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Let's let's go. Let's go to Metacritic, Rich. Let's go to what the Metacritic score is on Harley Quinn. I guarantee I you. What the critics I say. I, the I bet you. I bet you. It's the it's. that matters, not your critics. I bet you it has got over 70 on Metacritic. Let's have a look. I don't know. Give a shit. Harley Quinn. Who gives a shit what the critics rate well, it as? Who's watching it that matters? It's obviously got enough viewing numbers that, that it, it hasn't been cost cut. It was one of the few shows that wasn't. Well, who knows, mate? Twenty twenty, they're going to be cutting up to 2024. So still got time to get cut. But you don't even... But this is the thing, Rich. You, you abuse that show, but you don't watch it. You don't watch it. So you wouldn't even know. I watched the first episode and it was utter garbage. But it's it's a comedy and you don't... What is the reason you don't like that Harley Quinn or something? Because you just said it, because it's a comedy and it's not funny. It's got an 82. Uh, no, sorry, it's got an 88 on Metacritic and it's got a 7.4 user score. So that's that's a huge success in terms oh, of... Then maybe it will survive, Dave. Lucky you. Yeah, I'm, I, what I'm trying to say is you like to generalise, but a lot of their shows on HBO Max are actually pretty decent. Like, again, they've got that that Titan show; it does okay. You know, they've they've got they've got some content that's all right. I know 
the Batgirl movie may well have been total shit, and I can understand why they did it, but just the fact that a company is is shutting down stuff and slashing departments and slashing jobs is usually not a good sign for a company. You no, know, it's not. I'm not saying it is a good sign. I'm saying it's <laughs> probably a good thing if they are in that much trouble that they are doing it instead of running themselves into the ground, though. True, true. There's, I mean, you don't dig yourself out of a hole by continuing to dig. Oh, well, yeah. And let's not forget these movies. Like, Black Adam looked like, an, I thought it looked like a pretty expensive movie to make. So, you know, like, it would have it would have cost them, I reckon, at least $300 million to make that movie. At least. You know? And... It's going to take. I I predict it's going to take five hundred to six hundred million. You know, these movies are very expensive to just to make in the first place. So, yeah, we'll see. And it's going to be interesting. I think. I, I think there's. I think there's a lot more of a story to come from the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. I think it's. It's as as you say. It's not going to be over at the end of this year. This will be an ongoing thing for the next two to three years. You know, because they've if not more. It's gonna. It's gonna take a long period of time. I think putting at least two people in charge. Who one of them we know? I don't know David Saffron from the from a um, Bar- Peter Saffron from Barrow. So, but James Gunn. Oh released... yeah, I had I had a look at his company, and I'm like Jesus Christ! I've not watched like almost any of what's he done the, the stuff that they've produced. Let's have a look here, Peter Saffron. I saw Jimmy Pomiati was going crazy about it, like loving it. Oh, but he goes crazy for everything, man. Jimmy Pomiati is a weird guy. Oh, slow down. We want to get Jimmy Pomiati on the show. I chat to him on Twitter and stuff. He's a pretty nice guy, <laughs> yeah. man. I didn't say he wasn't nice. I said he's a pretty weird guy. Well, I'm, let's have a look. I'm looking here. Okay, so Jesus Christ, he's got a long, long list as a producer. Uh, what did he do? I know. Oh, actually, I know he's done like the Conjuring stuff. Well, his company, I should say, like his yeah, um, his company. Aquaman produced Aquaman produced Shazam, Annabelle, The Conjuring, producer on Suicide Squad, yeah, Shazam, Blue Beetle. Oh, he's got the Aquaman Lost Kingdom, so yeah. But, but I'm looking back. You are right. Like his the stuff that probably made him big was the Conjuring stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was his that was his big vehicle. Yeah, if you go to like the early stuff, it's stuff you just go like I've never, never heard of even it. like well, you know, senseless dark places. Yeah, new in town. You know, elephant yeah. white. Yeah, the long week. You know heard. what I mean? You kind of go like the Conjuring's okay. the big hit in 2013. That's the one. Conjuring and, and Annabelle, I know were like yes. the, the the I think the big one. I know they did buried like uh, back in the day. Um, right. That was the right I've seen that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that. But that's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've kind of done a couple of spoof movies like Vampire Suck and uh, yeah, all that sort of disaster movie, which are not good movies. <laughs> no, no, no. But I would say The Conjuring and Annabelle is probably their biggest. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, right. Totally, yeah, totally. And then, and kind of getting involved with the James Gunn stuff. Like I see the Suicide Squad, as you say, and the Shazam. Did he? Yeah, she produced Shazam and Aquaman, which I guess we huge. Well, yeah. Games. So he's produced three, four, five, because he's done the he's doing the two Shazam or done the two Shazams. He's done the two Aquamans, and the, so he's done five. Um, he's produced five. Um, is James one? Yeah, James one is directing the Aquaman sequel. I wasn't sure if he dropped yeah. out, but no, he is. And that and that, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to that. I I quite liked Aquaman. I was thinking of Aquaman during Black Adam, thinking I like these movies about the same. You know, they're, they're that three to three and a half star range. And, like, I, I'm looking forward to a new Aquaman movie. I, I, I didn't mind the original, you know. Um, didn't love it, but I didn't mind it. So we'll yeah, see. but as you say, they're kind of like, you know, three star kind of movies. Oh, they are. Is, yeah, it's yeah. okay. It's like, 
you know, it's, 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 you know, you're not, you're not going to regret the two hours or two and a half hours no. you've spent, but you're also not going to be like really in a year's time, two years time, really like remembering or thinking no. back fondly of your two and a half hours spent. So, you know. Yeah. True. True, true, true. Uh, now, Walking Dead, just a quick discussion point here. Um, it's stumbling its way towards the end. It's actually reasonably entertaining. Uh, it's the final season before the spin-offs. Nice, nice pun there, by the way. Yes, well, uh, yeah, they, you know, they By do. the way, so can we just go back to the HBO stuff? You know, you talk about stuff. You know what's fascinating to me? Mm. Pennyworth is the show that no one talks about either, and he's still just chugging along, getting yeah, renewed. new season. Um, um, going along, so... Um, a lot of people say it's maybe, good. Maybe you the know? trick is to actually have no one talk about your shit, but just watch it and shut up. Yeah, well, Pennyworth, I think, season three's come out, and I've heard... I've not yeah. watched a single episode of it, um, and I said to Michelle, do we really need a series about Batman's butler? And she was like... Well, no people do. I know. That's what. I, that, that's exactly right. That's what I said. But like, yeah, apparently, quite a lot of people um, like that show. But they kind of like they low key like it. Like they just kind of like. Look, yeah. As long as Doom Patrol keeps getting renewed, I'll be happy. Um, that's the it. only one. I think that Ricky and Mo- Rick and Morty is on HBO Max. I watch. I don't know if it's a HBO show, but it's definitely on HBO Max, and I watch it. Uh, it's on there, but I don't think it's an HBO show. Well, I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, it was a Dan Harmon I mean, show. I'll be honest with you, I could, I could take it or leave it. It's not... Yeah, I agree. One of the shows that, like, rocks my world or anything. I, I would call Titans a three-star show, you know? Like... And I mean, look, I've even before this, I was already gutted because they cancelled Swamp Thing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, so I got gutted long Did I give you your Swamp Thing Blu-ray back? I think I did. You may have. Yeah, because uh, I, I never... Some... Yeah. I'll have to look. Yeah, okay, yeah, no... Look, there's some interesting stuff. It's it's weird for me because I think, like you, I really like the universe, not just Batman and Superman. I like a lot of the DC stuff, and I sort of like that it's getting its day, even if it's not getting the full, like, on TV and stuff. I like that we're seeing some more of this stuff now. Like, it's it's over. it feels like over the last five years, more of it's kind of seeped out. And I, I like that, you know. Look, I'll say this. I'll say this. And maybe, again, maybe the cutting is kind of in a way good, right? Because if you think about it, like, a lot of the shows on HBO, um, yes, no one's talking about them, but no one's also slamming them or bitching about them either. Sure. You know what I mean? They're not shows that have been, like, ridiculed or yeah. or made it, you know, like, oh, Jesus Christ, when you go look at Rings of Power yeah. on, on YouTube, Jesus Christ, the amount of videos slamming that stuff yeah. is whatever. So... Maybe they're just like, look, we just don't want to make shit that, you know... Well, they'd have their metrics. They'd have their metrics. And and stuff and all that. We just want shows that people want to watch. Well, they they want shows that aren't too expensive to make. They're they're within budget. Uh, The metrics show people are watching them and keeping their subscription and it might be bringing some more people in. And they're sort of profitable. That's what they want. You know, they're, they're not after... For this DC stuff, they're not after the next Sopranos. You know, they're after stuff that just keeps it ticking along, keeps it growing the platform. It's more Ooh, content. Chuck, Chuck is on uh, HBO Max. You should watch that. Yeah, I, I've never watched it actually. I never watched it. I, I wouldn't mind checking that one out actually. There's they got a, one of it's got one of your actresses in it there. Who? Uh, Yvonne Stropowski. Stropowski, whatever Australian chick, the okay. one that played Miranda in Mass Effect. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, all right. I'll I will check that out. I I know she's really hot, isn't she? Everyone always talks that it's got this really hot yeah. actress. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's good. Well, nothing much to say about Walking Dead other than I think there's three episodes to go. It's actually pretty interesting in some ways. Like, I I like the way that this episode, this this season is going, and it's kind of kind of be interesting to see who survives. I think quite a lot of the main characters are surviving because a lot of them are getting spin-offs. So it will be interesting to see um, Daryl. I think Daryl's spin-off will do well. I think um, Negan and Maggie's spin-off. I think we are more of a challenge, and I, obviously, I think Rick and Michonne's spinoff will do well because I think everyone's clamoring for Rick to come back, and I hope Rick and Michonne turn up before the end. I, I hope they do. They're sure, even if it's the last episode, I, I want to see them turn up because, you know, Rick and Carol and stuff have had to do a lot of the heavy lifting, and I and actually, I think they've done it pretty well. This season has been pretty pretty good uh, for for Walking Dead, as you would hope by fucking eleven seasons in. When they're wrapping a show up, you, you are hoping for a decent ending, and it seems to be headed the right way. Uh, now, I just wanted to briefly mention, we did mention it briefly, I watched the Ant-Man 3 trailer. Now, I have famously been very kind of like just apathetic about Ant-Man movies. This trailer was by far one of the best Marvel-looking things that I have seen inside this phase which I, I thought it was a really good trailer. It, I think it came out like two days ago. Um, they go, they get sucked into the quantum zone, Rich, and like it's a whole universe in there. Michelle Pfeiffer gets a big run. Um, yeah, I, I thought it looked really interesting. I thought it looked really kind of sci-fi and cool. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm going to say this. I'm actually excited for an Ant-Man movie because I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, I'm down for it. I, I enjoyed the first Ant-Man movie. Um, the second one was a little bit disappointing, but you know. Um, it's got Bill Murray in it. Um, yeah. Um, Did you uh, see they're trying to cancel I mean, Bill Murray? All these people are coming out with, oh, oh, Bill Murray was mean to me once and all this shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, any any old person is getting cancelled now, isn't it? They, <laughs> they, can't wait for them, they can't keep waiting for them to die yeah. before they cancel them. Like, so. like, like, you've left it pretty late in the piece to try to cancel Bill, Bill Murray. <laughs> like, it's like... Like, I wouldn't say he's on his last legs, but he's certainly in the last phase of his career. And it's kind of like, I mean, really, honestly, like, they haven't come up with a slam dunk. Like, they were like, Seth Green was complaining that as a child, Bill Murray held him over the trash can. And I was like, this happened 30, 40 years ago, Seth. Well, obviously, he clearly hasn't got over it. Oh, yeah, I guess. But maybe he should have by this point. I don't know. I just... Like, this whole cancel Bill Murray because he was mean to me thing is just, I think, eye-roll worthy, really. You know, like... It's like, oh, Bill Murray's not the best friend you always thought he was in the movies. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Newsflash. To be fair, Bill Murray's always had this reputation of being... A curmudgeon. um, Yeah, aloof, um, private, um, not exactly a friendly person. Yeah. So, you know, maybe Seth was just trying to get in his face too much and he just decided, listen, you little shit, I'm going to dump you in this bin if you don't. (laughs) Who knows? I wouldn't put it past him. That's the thing. But I'm just saying it's not like we're only finding out about this, you know, salty Bill Murray. We've known Bill Murray's been a bit of a salty man for... Yeah. Many, many years. Many years, I know. It's not actually a newsflash, and I think it's kind of pathetic that they're trying to cancel him. Um, at the same time, they're trying to promote him. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, now, Guardians of the Galaxy has a holiday special. Kevin Bacon is in it, apparently, Rich. Um, I know you're up. And it's hard to re- keep up with where you are in Guardians. Is James Gunn doing this holiday special? I assume. No, no idea. 
I didn't even know about the holiday special until I saw people talking about it. So okay, well let's let's Google it. I mean, really, Rich, this is kind of like uh, I always think of you as a big Guardians fan because I remember how much you fucking love that first movie, man. But if you just completely turned yeah, your but back again, on the them. second movie, while again still enjoyable and having its moments, was not as good as the first movie. And I think again, it's it's one of those things where yes, the humor was funny yeah. in the first movie, but then it's just a lot of like. Uh, put it this way i've i've never seen james gunn do a series okay so whenever like there was james gunn movie it's a one-off movie sure. so you know it's a one and done and the humor doesn't overstay its welcome in a sense right yes the problem with james gunn humor is it's funny for a movie yeah is it funny for three movies you know that you 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 would have to watch in a row you know if you wanted to have a marathon or watch them all eh, probably not uh is his humor like uh, something I want to watch in like a TV show that has eight episodes, which equals like eight hours? No, not really. Like, uh, I just find I find his humor funny enough for maybe one episode or one movie. Small doses, basically. But I can't. His humor just becomes it becomes too. It just becomes too much. Uh, like in 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 large quantities. Okay, for I, I have the I have the uh, news. The Guns Galaxy Hollow special is created, written, and directed by James Gunn for Disney Plus. So there we go. So he's oh, he's, he's the Guardians of the Galaxy man. So and he has, and what I that. forget is he has one more Guardians movie coming. I thought that had already come out, but it hasn't. So oh. the Guardians three, that will be his farewell to Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's coming out. So this this holiday special is coming out in December, and you are going to be watching it, Rich, for the signal. So you are expected to watch that for the signal, Rich, and you can be as critical as you want. But you have a job to do, Richard. We'll see. No, not we'll see, mate. You need to. You need to. You need to buckle up and get through the holiday special. Because... No, unless you're planning on coming here and breaking <laughs> my door down and holding me down and keeping my eyes open while it's on. I don't know if I have to. <laughs> you got responsibilities now. I may. I may be kind enough and do it, but that's it, man. I don't have to. That's it, man. Come on, Rich. You're a superstar now. Um, Damon. Lee. Oh, sorry. I will say yeah. this. You know what I? You know what I have got my girlfriend hooked on. What's that? The uh, the X Men '90s cartoon show. Good. She, she actually been watching it. She loves it. She's up to season five. She's been loving that. Great fucking. Show. Well, she's got good taste. You can tell her. I say she's got good taste because that's a great show. <laughs> um, what about the Spider Man animated show? She watching that one as well. That's a good one. No, nah, she's not a big Spider Man fan. Oh, jeez, Rich. Okay, well, we're moving on. Damon Lindelof. Star Wars movie will be set after the rise of Skywalker. There's a new secret writer's room that apparently might include Dave Filoni. Um, yeah. Yawning, Rich? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Was Damon you were, talking Lindelof... about, you, you were talking about Star Wars and it was starting to put me to sleep, sorry. Yeah, well, there's no, there's no details. Apparently, it's not part of the Skywalker um, series or whatever, or canon or whatever, so it's going to be set after all, all that. I mean, look. That was Damon Lindelof. Was he one of the co-creators of Lost? Is that where I know him from? Maybe. I think that was his big claim to fame. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll Never see. Never really got into Lost, so okay. can't answer that. Now we've got a, we've got a news item here that I want to get your response on. James Cameron has said that characters in Marvel and DC comics films are not afforded the same complexity as those in his creations. His quote: "When I look at the big spectacular films." I'm looking at you, Marvel and DC. It doesn't matter how old the characters are, they all act like they're in college. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's not wrong in saying that they're not, compli- not complex. They're definitely not complicated characters, but 
put it I'm against. We'll put it against his movies. I, I, I mean, he's he's. I can see. I, I was thinking about this. I'm gonna make a comment now. I consider James Cameron one of the most important directors of the 20th century and 21st century in terms of his impact. Okay, mm-hmm. but okay, his impact is massive. His success is undeniable. Uh, but I'm not sure I go to James Cameron for character complexity. You know, that's what I would say. So what, what's your reaction to his comments, Rich? Um, I honestly don't know what he's talking about when he says all of them act like they're in college. I mean, sure, maybe Iron Man. Wisecracking. He's, he's talking about wisecracking. You know? He's talking about wisecracking, I think. Wisecracking? I mean, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't really put <coughs> um, Steve Rogers in that um, Captain, Captain America. Um, sure. Um, but I wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't say necessarily he's a complex character. But I mean, um, I don't think any of them are that complex. I, I really, I don't think. I don't think they are at all. I, it's like when people talk um, about Batman and like, oh, how will he play Batman? Batman is not a complex character to play. Like, it's not. I love Batman. It's not, it's not it's complex. Not a complex character to play, but he is a complex character. Eh, really? I mean, he's, he's literally a guy with childhood um, trauma becomes a vigilante with, with mommy and daddy issues. But that's not complex. It is. That makes you a complicated person. You're not just like... No, no. Adam West is not a complex Batman. But <laughs> the unfortunately, the, the current Batman is a complex character because he doesn't trust anyone. The whiny crybaby. He doesn't allow people on in. He doesn't. He hasn't got over his trauma. He can't get low. He's not, he can't move on from it. And it that is actually a complex I guess character. I look at it as complex in terms of to play. You know, I, I like mummy and daddy issues becomes a vigilante because his mummy and daddy got. But then none killed. of no none of Cameron's characters have been complex to play. No, I, that's I. But I don't think James Cameron's characters are I, that complicated. Like Sarah yeah, Connor no, is I, not complicated. You know. Yeah, but the only complex characters to really play are like serial killers or mass murderers. Well, or like something. Hamlet. I mean, Hamlet. Most... Hamlet is a complex character. You know. That's a complex story. I don't think it's a complex character. Oh, I think Hamlet, he gets pretty lost in his own thoughts and stuff. I'm like, is it real? Is, it, is he seeing the ghost? You know, all that stuff. To be or not to be. Again, a complex story. I don't think it's a complex character. I, don't, I, think, Ham- I think Hamlet is a complex character. It's not a, it's not a complex character. Taxi driver. So taxi driver. A- taxi driver. The lead guy in that the De Niro plays is complex. You know? He's got... He's, he's got complicated. Mul- I don't think he's complex. I, I think, think he's. Like, I think we're getting hung up on his choice of words. I think maybe yeah. his choice of words is incorrect. Okay. In terms of saying complex, maybe he's meant to say they're not nuanced or they're not layered or sure. You know, maybe they are a little well, bit. That's all part of that dimension or something. But complex to me, but that's semantics. Is not I mean, the right word. Maybe yeah, because I'm thinking more of layers, dimensions, etc. Like, like honestly, you know me. I love my Batman. I don't see him as that complicated or complex to play really to i i I think writing a good batman story the character is not the hard part the plot is the hard part you know the character is not is not complicated Um, i think i think dc dc disagrees with you because if you go if you look at batman up until uh they started basically copying dark knight returns uh he yes i agree with you he wasn't a complex character it was more the stories that were um, yeah. uh, writers had to come up with good Batman stories, you know, yeah. good villains, good detective stories, good. Um, totally. But but once they started doing once once DC decided no, we're going to do the Dark Knight Return, the stories didn't matter. It was more about 
his trauma, his inability to trust anyone, his inability to let anyone in. The the stories became more about his issues. At, at a certain so point, that becomes so boring to me, though, as well. You know, like yeah, I mean, I agree with you that it's boring. I'm just saying, but they have made him a more complex character because I think maybe they just don't want to come up with complex stories. <laughs> like, is Superman complex? No, not at all. I mean, I, I really, I like, and I don't mean no, that as a diss. But Superman is nuanced. Yeah, I guess. I guess. No, Superman's not complex. As a character, he's not complex, but he is a nuanced character. In Joker that. is complex, I would say, because of the mental illness. You know, Joker is more complex. He, he. I think there's. That's why you see some really uh, different layers of performances, like Heath Ledger's Joker compared to Jack Nicholson's Joker compared to whoever else. Um, what's his name? Joaquin uh, Phoenix. See, I, 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 see, I disagree, and, and maybe it's the, again, it's the use of the word complex. Mm. To me, a well, forget about the word. Just in general. No, no, no. no. Okay, when, when I say someone is complex, if a character is complex mm. to either play or follow. That's more to me someone like um, Leonardo DiCaprio in Departed or something like that. You know, oh yeah. Even if you want to buy the original, that character where he has to play two different oh, people, yeah. where that person is playing two characters, two roles. He's undercover in that one, isn't he? Worlds. Yeah, yeah. But my point is that's a complex character to play because agreed, agreed. You know, but I think there's a difference between a complex character and a complicated character. Okay, but I tell you who like character is someone who's just like like as you say, Joker or whatever, where they are not like your regular type of person. They are more complicated. But but, but, but in terms of Joker, okay, like you've got to you've got to really do different versions and you've got to switch in and out of yeah, the gears no, of his illness, you know? No, see, but they I disagree with you. If you told me that Heath Ledger was playing three different types of Jokers and was switching in between them, like if he was going well, from moods. like manic depressive yeah. to uh, hysterical to whatever, then I would say, yes, that is a complex character, but Heath Ledger kind of plays in one way. Like it's, it's just a did a very good job yeah. though, Rich. Very yeah, but it's not, a, but my point is that it's not complex because he's not, if what about Chad Nicholson? You know, like, imagine this. No, again, not complex. Complicated, yes. He's <laughs> he's a complicated character because he's fucked up in the head. But okay, you remember how like they did the storyline the three jokers? <sighs> yeah. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, where you have these three distinct type of jokers. If some yes. person decided, you know what, I want to have Joker kind of almost have split um Yeah, yeah. Um or, or not necessarily split personality, but like massive mood swings where he goes from depressed to yes. manic to yeah you know, uh, to, like, loving life, then I would say that's a complex character. Mm. But I wouldn't say the... But I don't know. As I, say, I hear I, what I you're just, saying. I don't agree what, what he's saying. I There's think... two different ways of approaching it. What, like, I, look, take... By the way, if I'm doing that judgment, none of his characters equal that either. No, so... that, that's the part that's so funny. I, I don't feel that James Cameron brilliant filmmaker and i think one of the most important filmmakers and most revolutionary and impactful in the last 50 years but terminator sarah connor they're not overly in my mind complex characters they've got pretty simple clear motivations and tasks and goals you know yeah and um, but 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 you see but my point is i think okay yes i agree with you that they can be played childish like, and that, but that's just the Marvel formula now because Marvel loves their formulas, you know, the yeah. Marvel way, the Marvel formula. And so everyone's got to be a wisecracking douche nozzle, right? <laughs> but if you take away the, if you take away the wisecracks, 
the Tony Stark of the MCU is a complicated character because mm. he's a character that wants to be a hero, that wants to save the world, but he's such a narcissist yeah. that he can't also help but be his own enemy. Like, in trying to save the world, he creates... Um, uh, in the in the MCU, obviously, he creates um, um, Ultron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he is. If take out the jokes, forget about the jokes and yeah, the the, the, the bahas. He is a complicated character, right? In yeah. his own mind, he is. He's. he's yeah. He, you know, he would love to be the Captain America, right? He wants to be the hero. He wants to save the day. He wants to. Agree. You know. But he's also Tony Stark. He's also a narcissist. He's a narcissist. With, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. And so, to me, that is a complex character. I, I, complex I, I think character. he is probably one of the more complex characters in the Marvel universe. I was thinking this. Okay, forget about Marvel or whatever. Um, go to Clint Eastwood. Look at Dirty Harry. Not complex. I don't think at no, all. No, Simple. Dimensional. But then look at Unforgiven. His character there. I think that is a complex character. You know, I, I think yeah. he, I, like, what I'm saying is it, it's the same actor, you know, same producers, everything, two different versions. Jenny Harry is a reactionary force. Would you agree? He's, he, he hates criminals. Yeah. He bring you know, blah, blah, blah. No, it's black, it's black and black white. white. Black Jenny and Harry white. movies are black and white. Yes, he could be, cons- but look, but he himself is not a goody two-shoes guy. No. Like, he believes in, in law and order but he's also not opposed to putting a bullet in someone's head oh, totally. because yeah, they are a criminal so love you know again is he super complicated no but i mean i think every character if but you look unforgiven at them, unforgiven is it is it i want to say is it well, even Bunny? more so yeah i it, mean that's even he's more complicated in in departed uh dicaprio plays a complex character someone who doesn't play complex is mark Wahlberg. he has a very simple motivation you know uh, in that in that movie, if you if you recall, and then at the end he has the final bit. His character is very well defined. He's a straighty one eighty. He's obsessed. It's a strong performance, but it's not complicated. You know, you you can read the yeah. script. You can get in the zone. DiCaprio, I think, one of his best movies actually. Um, yeah, Departed. So it's interesting. Uh, it's weird though that if this was Scorsese making this comment, it would hold more weight. Because he, you know, character is a big part of his movies. But James Cameron, he is a spectacle guy in a lot of ways. And action movies, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he... Look, I don't think... Oh, hang on, hang on. His movie, Aliens, is full of one-note characters. It is. It is. One of the greatest action movies of all time, in my opinion. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's funny that James Cameron's making this comment because... I don't know. I think it's just... I think these older directors just... They feel like they probably have to do it. And look, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them in a sense if oh. they want to. Say, like as I said, I'm not saying the Marvel movies are not good, and I'm not saying that people can't enjoy them, and that you know that for a lot of times they're they're not well written or they have good character moments. I'm just saying the problem for me with Marvel movies is that they're McDonald's. Sure. Right. It's 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 not a. I'm not getting a a, a sirloin steak with garlic butter and all that. I'm sure. basically just getting McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't mean I don't enjoy a good McDonald's sure. burger every now sure. and again. Totally. But, we all do. Uh, but I think sometimes their comments or their critiques miss the mark. In that, I think you have something to critique, but I think you've you've I, you've critiqued it incorrectly. I think Scorsese, frankly, was right though. Like people might not like it. 
but like when he was basically comparing them to like sort of fast food and stuff and whatever he was saying, all that kind of stuff, I think he was right. Like, you know, like, I mean, you know. in a sense, I mean, I think again, once he, once again, I think he used the wrong word when he said it's not cinema. And I'm like, yeah. well, it's, it's, of course, it's cinema. I mean, it's cinema in the sense that it's a film that gets fucking filmed. No, and, yeah. You know, but I think what he meant to say is that it's not maybe necessarily art or it's not high art or, yeah. you know, or but you know what? Like that. The That's funny fine. thing I, is, I a lot of classic too. movies, and I mean classic, classic, were not high art when they were produced. Neither was oh, Shakespeare. No, and that's why I know? disagreed with him as well. I said, I said, listen, Hollywood's been filled with yeah. and and yeah. has been consumed by the the blockbuster movie for years because now blockbuster just means a big action spectacle. But blockbuster back in the day just meant like a, a movie to capitalize or or to make money, you know, or just had a big name in it. But it's not necessarily a good movie. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, like disaster movies in the seventies, you know. Exactly, yeah. I mean, what I said, that's what I said. Like, I agree with him that there is something to critique, but or criticize. I just think they criticize in the wrong thing, mm. like, or they're not making the best argument. That's, but yeah. I, mean, I don't yeah. agree with him in, in a fundamental no. sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, now, what were we saying here? I've we've got so off topic here. Uh, da, 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 uh, oh, yeah, the Fantastic Four. Um, so, prior to its debut in February 2025. A new report suggests one key bit of groundwork will be laid out. This is for the Fantastic Four movie. Um, there's rumours that Marvel Studios is planning another one of their special presentations after the recent success of Werewolf by Night, which I thought was one of the most boring things I've ever watched. Um, they're claiming that there's going to be one based on the Silver Surfer, uh, the iconic character who primarily acts as a herald of the world in Galactus. Uh, it will feature Norrin Rad as Galactus's herald out of the far corners of the cosmos, he will not be on Earth during his special presentation and will also not interact with any cosmic characters already established in the MCU. So it's going to be a Silver Surfer. I mean, fuck. Give me a Silver Surfer fucking presentation of a Werewolf by Night. I thought Werewolf by Night was one of the most boring things I've ever watched. I was fall- literally falling asleep during it. Did you watch it, Rich? Which one? The Werewolf by Night. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we, we, we talked about we that. Talked about um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, did did you hate it as much as me? I, I really felt it was very dull. I forget what you said. What did you say? I, I, I also said it was boring. It was um, just boring. Wasn't it boring? My, my biggest critique was that it looked che- cheap. Yeah, okay. It looked like they filmed it in a day. So did we cover this on a show, or was this us chatting offline? No, no, we covered it on the show. I don't the know. The week that it came out. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Then we would have. Yeah, okay. I even said that the, the their werewolf looked worse than the <laughs> Cheney one. <laughs> That's now yes, now I remember you said. The only good thing about that fucking very boring I, I hesitate to use the word film, it was more like just a TV episode, was I quite liked Man Thing turning up. Um just for the sheer fuckery of Man Thing turning up in something. I thought that was a bit entertaining, but God, the film. God, it was boring. Like, and people were people were praising it. Like, it was amazing. Just the fact it was in black and white. Like, why do you go and watch a good black and white movie? Like, they're not hard to find. You know, like if, if this is all it takes for a movie to be black and white for you to be blown away, go watch the fucking Big Sleep, <laughs> or go watch yeah. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. You know, go watch something. Do something with your life. There's a lot of good black and white fucking material out there for many decades. And it was like people were just like, oh, my God, it's black and white. It's just amazing. I was like, Jesus, like, calm the fuck down. How about that? It's just, 
I, I sometimes think some of these, you know, they use the term Marvel zombies. I honestly think that there is a certain portion of the audience out there that is just eating fucking up whatever they're served. They've just like, you know, they're like me with Deadpool comics. They've just got no critical filter <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, I, look, I understand. I, I get it. Like, I get to a point with some of the stuff where I'm like, I'm not even sure if I like this or if I'm just brainwashed by this point. But Werewolf by Night for me was a big fucking bore. Um, uh, Silver Surfer, I'd be up for. Would you be interested in Silver Surfer, Rich? I don't know. I've always found the Silver Surfer to be a bit of a boring character, unfortunately. <laughs> me too. Uh, limited doses for me. Um, like if he turns up for five seconds in something and fights the Hulk or something, that's cool. But if we have to stick around with the Silver Surfer for longer than well, about ten minutes, you know, I, I just want to make a comment you made about how like you've been conditioned and all that, sure. you know, stuff and all that. And th- this is my biggest issue with like. Marvel and Star Wars under Disney and all that, right? Is once you mass produce something, sure. you lose um, quality. You lose quality control, right? Yeah. It's, and and as someone who works in like electronics, white goods, and all that sort of stuff, it's it's what I try to explain to customers when they say, "Oh, they just don't they don't make things to last anymore," and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, "Well, to be fair, they've never really made things to last because business is what I keep selling you stuff." But sure. Since they make things by robots now or on conveyor belts where before you would have to make, let's say, a hundred by hand, you can now make a thousand by robot. Well, you're going to have more faulty or more lemons because your quality control is now lower because you're producing so much. And that's my problem with all these Marvel and and Star Wars stuff. They're like, oh, we're doing this show, we're doing that show, and this movie, and that movie, and this And there's 20 things coming out, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't see how your quality control can be that high when you're juggling or trying to get all these shows finished because I just feel like you're not spending enough time. And to me, the werewolf by night shows that it shows like you just had to get something out. And so we just wrote the most mediocre (laughs) brain dead story. We could just to have something to put out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. This is going to be my issue with, with a lot of like the Marvel stuff going forward is I just feel like, you know, because, because again, Disney needs stuff for the channel. So it's all going to be about just getting as much on that conveyor belt. Oh possible. yeah, pump it out, pump it out, pump it out. Like, and and sometimes pump it out. It's a perfectly decent like thing, but you know, like some some of the stuff they pump out. But sometimes it's going to be like Andor, fucking dull as fuck. And I just feel that that was pump it out for Disney Plus. Give them some Star Wars content. Just pump it out. Doesn't need to be that good. Five point five out of ten is fine. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Disney have realized that they're like, oh, we don't need to keep announcing movies. Yeah. We can, you know, because remember, they're going to do the Obi Wan show. They're going to do the Bob. I thought they were going to do the Obi Wan movie. They're going to do the Boba Fett movie. Yeah. All that sort of shit. And I think Solo showed them, they were like, you know, we could spend less money and just fucking do a streaming show. Mm. Um, Like an eight hour streaming show will cost us less money than a three hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, I can't, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Silver Surfer by himself for an hour and a half. That's going to be a long hour and a half. Um, does he talk? He talks, doesn't he? But like, I, I don't really follow the Silver Surfer that much. Like, he does talk, but look, I mean, if you did me a, if you did a Silver Surfer show, like, and maybe got Grant Morrison to come on and, cool. and help you, and and you did it in sort of, you took it in very like, uh, like like Doom Patrol, right? Yeah, Doom Patrol. Because they're tapping into the Grant Morrison stuff, mm. um, the which you know that show just goes 
sometimes you just watch it and go, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. you know, you just go, this thing is so weird. If you did a Silver Surfer show like that, uh. where it was kind of like a batshit, like just weird ass shit happening, because again, that's a big galaxy, science or technology can work differently, you know, yeah. different planets and, and science. And all those. If you did something like that, I might get some enjoyment out of it, but if you just did it as a standard Marvel um wacky funny conveyor belt show no god no i think i would i think i'd fall asleep yeah i wouldn't blame you rich i'd be like yeah let rich have a nap frankly you know he, <laughs> he deserves a nap um tim burden says he's done with disney after dumbo i didn't even realize he did dumbo <laughs> Re- i've not watched the dumbo Re- yeah probably one of his worst movies yeah he compares working in disney to a horrible big surface circus that movie, Dumbo, is quite autobiographical at a certain level. Somebody can fly around with his huge ears. I didn't realize that. Um, My God, have you never watched the old cartoon movie? That's what I'm saying. Does, is that's what I'm saying? Does, is that what uh, Tim yeah, Burton can do? He has those massive freaking ears. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If it's autobiographical, can Tim Burton do that? Because I would be interested in seeing that if he if he could actually fly around with his ears like Dumbo. You know, if it's an autobiographical movie. He's got to. He's got to be able to have some of the. That's what Dumbo does, doesn't he? That's his thing, isn't it? That he can fly around. Yeah, but Dumbo's not a real elephant. I understand that, but it's an autobiographical movie, Rich. So he's drawing on life experience. I would assume. Maybe Tim Burton okay. can fly around with big ears. That would be entertaining. Oh, who knows? I'd pay money for that. Uh, I didn't. Even, I've not watched. Look, it just sounds like. Look, he's made his money. He's churned out a fucking lot of shit at Disney. Hey, the um, less people that are going to work with Disney movie makers and all that, probably the better. Yeah? Not feeling it, Rich? No, well, maybe they'll go off and do their own shit and, you know, and and, and not be restricted by the... Sure. The Disney machine. Yeah, well, it is a machine. I think that was his point. He was saying that the machine has become more and more just about Marvel and Star Wars and they have less kind of creative vision and blah, blah, blah. He's probably not wrong. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. For sure. Yeah. They pump way more money into the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck to you, uh, Tim Burton. Uh, Kanye West says that Quentin Tarantino ripped off the Django Unchained movie from him. His quote was, The idea for Django I pitched to Jamie Foxx and Quentin Tarantino as the video for Gold Digger, referring to his 2005 song, and then Tarantino turned it into a film. Kanye West comes up with a lot of shit these days, man. Like, he's talk, he babbles a lot of shit. Yeah, that, that man is on a completely different plane of existence. Yeah. But did you see Adidas dropped him as a sponsor recently? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. He just, he, he's a loose fucking cat. He's been a loose cannon for probably about 10 years now, and I think it's starting to catch up with him. Um, I, I don't buy that he pitched Django Unchained in any detail um, to Tarantino. He probably babbled about something. Um, but it feels or like maybe he dreamt that he did. Yeah, he dreamt that he did after the fact. After he watched it, he watched it on chat. He's like, "That man, that's a good movie. That's like something I would come up with." Oh yeah, I did come up with it. Yeah, let's 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 go with that. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I easily could have done it. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Um, the Witcher. Some of the Witcher show writers actively dislike the books and games. Always a good thing when you're writing a show. Uh, and producer and writer Bayo DeMayo said the source material is not popular with some of the writers of the series. Um, I still haven't watched but the series. Have you watched I've it? Been, I don't know, but I've been saying this for years now. 
mm. is that the people working on the shows they say that they fans. Yeah, they always say it like, oh yeah, I love they it. They are not. I mean, you've got the rings of power showrunners who are like, we we are so important that we stick to the source material. We we check the source material every time. We we immerse ourselves, but then they'll turn and say something. <laughs> We're here to fix Tolkien's work and write the book that he never wrote. It's like, it's one or the other. That horrible racist Tolkien, you know. Or or, or you immerse yourself in the text. Which one is it? Because it can't be both. (laughs) No, that's true, actually. But they don't. I mean, look at all the, look at any of the Marvel shows and movies and stuff where the person goes, I didn't even know who this character was. Like, the people that are getting to work on it, on these shows, they, and this is why they make, in, and that's why I think people get upset with the changes that they make mm. because it's not changes made by a fan yeah. who says, you know, like, oh, look, uh, it can't work like this and we have to change this as much as I don't want to. I love this, but it doesn't work like this. We have to change it because of the storytelling. That's fine. But when did you find out that it's people that, like, literally have never read it mm. deciding what needs to be changed or what doesn't work? You kind of have to go, well, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you, you're yeah. not coming from a place of... Uh, understanding or, or experience. So I kind of don't like the fact that you think you know how to fix something when you're not even a fan or have read something. Do you know what I mean? That, 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 that annoys me. But so I don't, I don't doubt what he's saying is true, that most of the people working on these shows do not like the source material and it's why they're so hell-bent on changing it. Yeah, I hear, man. I hear, dude. Um, the Blade movie is on hold after the director exit. Uh, they've apparently um, pushed it way back. So well, they've they really pushed it back, and now it's on hold uh, apparently for who knows how long until I don't know. What a fucking that's a tragedy to me. Like I, I was really excited for that fucking movie. They had to take it away from you, man, didn't they? they I hope to... I hope they scrap the movie in and start again with um, Wesley. Uh, Wesley's not. Me too. Me too. <laughs> now, Rich, you had some big news. Sasha Littlefeather is a fraud. Apparently, according you... to her sisters. Her sister. I read the article. She apparently, allegedly, let's use the word allegedly because we don't, we, oh, she's dead. We don't want to be sued by Sasha Littlefeather. She's dead. So her body is barely, you know, fucking cold in the ground. And her sisters have come out saying there is allegedly no Native American ancestry. She Spanish. Uh, she lied and lied and lied. What's that? Her last name was Cruz, apparently, or her sister's yeah. last name is Cruz. Uh, the story that she was called Little Feather because she used to dance with a little feather on top of her head in front of her father um, was apparently a fraud, a fantasy. Uh, looks like John Wayne would have been right to push her off stage, restrain her, you know? Which he didn't, but anyway. but yes, He didn't. He, he was really... stopped by security. No, um, that story is fake as well. Really? Apocryphal? The whole thing is fake. It's one of these stories that has been <laughs> embellished every time someone has told the story. Well, I wish she had done it. If she's a fraud, she's a fraud, Rich. I mean, she betrayed, allegedly, the Native American cause when she went up there. And she, I don't even know what the word is. She culturally appropriated before cultural appropriation was even a thing. You know? It's like uh, if I... I Maybe I, I think give it a few more years and we'll be saying that people can be transracial. Transracial, Rich. What's that? Like you swap around? Well, when you can decide that you want to be a different race. Gotcha. Well, yeah. I mean, look, it would have been interesting to. I mean, like, why did they wait till now? Till she's dead. 
Why didn't they maybe take they've the... just been, Maybe they have been, you know, saying it, and her sisters and her sister was like, "Please don't, I'm begging you, don't say anything." And then they're like, "Well, now she's dead. We yeah, can probably yeah, we're gonna fucking stick the boot right in because we've been wanting to say for you. I don't know. I'm just saying. Or maybe it's fi- maybe someone finally published a story because no one wanted to do it while she was alive. Yeah, because maybe the, the, they didn't want to get caught up in like too hot to touch. Yeah, you know what I mean, like in suing or yeah all that sort of stuff so you know maybe no one wanted to run with that story even if the sisters did have like yeah it's allegedly as well like don't come after Cena. We're, we're reporting on news that's been reported it's allegedly we don't know the full story but you should get the sisters on well i'm saying i mean you can say allegedly but i mean if her <laughs> actual sisters are saying listen this is who our mum and dad is <laughs> we are the sisters we are but not how did she get American. away with it look this is what i don't understand so at the height of the well, back then there was no internet or anything. But there dude, was no there one was, to actually check. There was reporters, and she, and it was a big story. She got up on stage at the Academy Awards, refused the Oscar that um you know uh, Brando got for Godfather. It was a big fucking story. How did no one then do a report on her if she was this big Native American you know spokesperson? How was well, it? How did just, they? Again, maybe they did. No one wanted to call her a liar because again, it's an, it's a minority. Sure. You know, I'm you down know, with the and, cause. You know, I'm down with the and cause. Even, and even if there's a 1% chance that you are wrong. Sure. You're probably still like, I just don't want to take that. I don't want to take that risk. Even if I'm 90%, 99% right, I just don't want to take that risk of that 1% because it's the end of my career. Sure. That 1%. So it could end me. So I don't know. Yeah, that's right, it. You know. Also, in more news of scandal, uh, the Bayonetta. Uh, voice actor is walking back claim she was only offered 4K for the new game. Mm. Um, she's now saying at least some part of the Bloomberg report is true. There's talk that she was asking for residuals and a six-figure amount. Uh, definitely they're underpaid, but what do you say to this, Rich? There's been a lot of okay. claims oh, and counterclaims. Um, I wanted to talk about this last week. Right. Um, because uh, this is, I put this in the show notes, uh, but this was before it came out that she has not been truthful. Yeah. Um, so... Here's the thing. Okay, so there's union workers and there's non-union workers, right? Yeah. And most of the union people decided that um, no, they were offered. Again, this is this is one of those things where people keep going, oh, my God, it's so terrible. They don't get residuals. But they were offered a deal, uh-huh. right, uh, in the industry. And I believe the deal was you can either get residuals yeah, or you can get paid by the session or something like that. Yeah. And they chose to get paid by the session. Right. Right? Because the more sessions you do, the more money you make. Because, uh-huh. again, the problem with residuals, if you go for a base salary or, like, a base thing and then you get residuals, there's no guarantee you'll get residuals on anything because something could be – how many games fail compared yeah. to how many games, like, make it, right? Sure. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. It's a small percentage, right? Yep. There's lots of failures of games, games that make no money, disappear, all this sort of shit. So they took the safe route. Okay, and the safe road was to get paid by session. Upfront so, cash. Yeah. So whether you want to say, oh, it's not fair, they'd be taking advantage of us, they're not getting royalties. They chose that. That was they were offered two deals. Yep. That's what the union decided they want to go for the safer option. Okay. Uh-huh. So now you can argue, is it they're still getting paid low possession? Great. That's an argument you can have as to that. But you know, all these people bitching about only about residuals and all that. Look it up. They chose that. That's so. I'm not going to like whine for them when they chose that. But <laughs> she was. So what happened was she was offered, I think, about fifteen thousand right. dollars to voice the character. 
which a lot of voice actors have said that's pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, but she wanted more. Yeah. Now, she's also not union. She's what they call freelance. Isn't she? Really? Yeah. So okay. she's not actually a union voice, whatever. And so um, she didn't join the union like the others did. Right. Um, and so they said, well, no, we don't want to pay you that much. And she said, well, then I'm not going to do it. And they said, okay, fine. And then they went and found Jennifer Hale, got Jennifer Hale to do it. And which is funny because I guarantee you Jennifer Hale is, as a union, is probably making more money. They're actually paying Jennifer Hale more than they would have paid this woman, which yeah. I think is so funny. So when people go, oh, they're going to rip her off for money. No, they actually paid more for Jennifer Hale now than they did that woman. So, um, but then they offered her $4,000 as for a cameo. So one right, session right. as a cameo voice and she turned that. So her story has been a lot of half truths. Yeah. You know, those like the best lies have a kernel of truth in them and all that sort of stuff. But mm. look, I mean, if there is a discussion we have with the pay and all that sort of stuff, these sort of, the sort of shenanigans that you pull doesn't help. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and that's why I say these people that ruin it for everyone because, yeah, as, as Kanye West says, gold diggers, man. Yeah. She ain't messing with no broke. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I look, I mean. With you, and, and then she also told the fans to boycott the game. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And you know what? This is what I find so funny. I put this on the news because I wanted us to discuss it. Yeah. Um, but Jesus Christ, so many people were like, oh my God, Platinum Games, you're the fucking worst. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm never buying. I'm like, what is it with people today that no one will wait for a full story? Sure. So one yeah. person tweets out their side of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone just goes, oh my God, they're fucking telling the truth. Let's go to bat for them. I'm like, yeah. what What kind of weird world do we live in where people don't go, hang on a second. That's There's no fact checking going on. Let me, let's look into this and, you know, you know, let's find out what's happening and then. You know, try and find that stuff before you just go off the fucking rails. I've never gone and, off the rails. You know. I've never ranted. <laughs> I've never gone off the rails. No, but it, but also what I don't understand is like this. So this woman's basically just fucking sabotaged her own career completely now. Like she's like oh, what with was, this? Yes, for sure. Oh yeah, I would say that. Like, but what was she the end game? More here? work, but she might. But to be fair, she wasn't getting them more work to begin with. And I think maybe she has a reputation of being right, difficult, maybe hard to work with. And so now she realizes, well, I'm not getting much work. So I'm going to take these steps now to try and get yeah, she's gonna money. Get, she's going ma- you know, to get I'm not blackmail is the right word, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, she wanted that sweet, those sweet dollars, didn't she, man? She wanted those sweet, sweet dollars. Well, yeah, I had a look at her IMDb, like her thing. She hasn't actually done that. She's I've not done that much voice work. I've literally never heard of her. Like, but then again, I'm not a voiceover guy like you are. But anyway, good stuff, Rich. Good investigative journalism by you, man. Dude. Well, you... thank you. Oh, wow. We should have got her on the show. And then you could have done <laughs> you could have gone like 60 minutes on her kind of style. You know? That would have been great. That would have been <laughs> must listen to signal. I would have loved it. Like, turn the tables on her. Almost. You know? Suddenly she's in a court of law. Wow. Intense. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the Fallout TV series is happening, Rich. There were some um, images that came up from it. Uh, shows members of Vault 33 opening the vault to see the bright light of day. This teaser, along with previous leaks, seems to confirm the Fallout show will take place outside it's Vault 33 and out in the irradiated world. Well, good. Let's 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 go out into the fucking world. Who wants to spend all the time in Vault Thirty Three? Jesus, that would be a very boring Fallout game. Um, 
Also, in, in more news, Fallout 4 is getting free PS5 and Xbox Series XS upgrades in 2023 um, as part of its Fallout Series celebrations. Uh, yeah, they'll be, get, they'll be also getting several bug fixes as well. So updates for the PC, PS5 and Xbox. So yeah, bring it on, man. I love my Fallout 4. It's a great game. Um, yeah. Are you looking forward to the TV show, Rich? Will you watch it? Uh, I will. Hopefully, it's good. Indeed. Now, I get. I, I I doubt it, but you know. Well, we'll, we'll give it a chance. Well, Halo was certainly a bit of a missed opportunity. I I struggled for about well, six. Well, as I said, I just think all these all these streaming stuff and all that they're like doing their absolute best to get all these IPs and stuff, but they don't get people working on them that actually. Yeah, like the stuff. Yeah, as the as the Witcher guy said, you know, they're getting people to work on the shows that don't like the source material. So I don't understand why though. Why wouldn't you at least have a couple of people who are well versed in it? You know, because well, it's pretty popular yeah, stuff. Okay, look at look at the perfect example. Okay, mm. Lord of the Rings, the movies, right? Yeah, heralded as like great movies mm. because Peter Jackson stuck to the source material as much as possible. Right? Yep. The only stuff they really cut out of it was the stuff that was like the add-on stuff and the world-building stuff that, yeah, fluff. You know, as Peter Jackson said, if it doesn't relate to Frodo getting the ring to Mordor, we've got to cut it, right? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, that's why Pop, uh, Tom Bombadil, all that, that, all they got cut because that's just fluff. Thank fuck they, they just, cut Tom Bombadil. Yeah, I yeah hate but Tom I'm just saying, they just wanted to get you, they were like, if it's Frodo getting the ring, it stays in the movie. Now, yeah. look at the Game of Thrones, the first seasons, everyone mm. loves them because they were the closest to the source material. Sure. And what happened when the writers and all that went on their own merry way? Yeah. And, and average. You know, whatever. Everyone hated it. Average stuff. Right? So that's my point. You get all these stuff, but then you, you get people that want to move as far away from the source material as possible. Yep. Well, that's so, I Look, I, would I love to see a Fallout show? Yes. Yeah. Do I have high hopes that it'll be a good show? No. <laughs> After Halo, I was I was quite disappointed in Halo. I, I I Michelle and I ground through about seven or eight episodes of that, and it, it became a very much of a chore. You know, mm. I, my big fear is look Fallout. I am excited for, but my Assassin's Creed man, you know how much I love that dude, and I'm just like just the lack of updates worries me. The the, the total silence from Netflix on that property, it 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 worries me because you need a couple of people who really know the Assassin's Creed format and law to me to get that, you know, because otherwise it could just be a mess like the movie was, you know? Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we'll see. Now, I did give you a job, and we don't need to do an exhaustive thing here, but uh, I gave us two... I've been watching a lot of Star Trek original series uh, over the last two weeks, and I, I dug out my Blu-rays, and I have been, you know, sort of, what do you call it, like... um watching, you know, random episodes here and there off, off, like, best of lists. And I selected two for us to discuss. Star Trek The Enemy Within, and we can discuss them briefly. It's where Kirk gets split into two by the transporter, and there's, like, an evil Kirk, uh, Kirk and then there's the more passive Kirk. And then the other storyline was Mirror Mirror tying into our Mirror Universe collection. Uh, did you get a chance to watch Enemy Within, Rich? Uh, I haven't had a choice, but I I watched it you know early it. in the year. Anyway, okay, so, so you know it. So it. and now Richard Matheson, the the famous writer who wrote so many, you know, like a Mega Man was 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 based on I Am Legend was his storyline. He did a lot of Twilight Zone. He wrote Enemy Within. 
I watched it. I want to say it might only have been the second time ever I watched it. Excellent episode, you know, um, with how Kirk is so violent and primal, that that Kirk. And then oh, yeah, you want to say rape? <laughs> yes. Wow. I, I, I missed that the first time I watched it. Yeah, he, he goes after the blonde chick. Uh, and uh, then Yeoman, oh shit, what's the name? Yeoman something. I'm not sure her name, but he does. He definitely has, goes after her, and then gets the scratch, and just a really good episode. And um, yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was also, I think, clever of the writer to give the other Kirk. He became more passive and and just so not like the real Kirk. And Spock was saying the elements of the so-called evil persona. Uh, actually feed into your decisiveness and all that kind of stuff. And without that, yeah, you are becoming... Yeah, so, the, yeah the passive knife's Kirk couldn't make a decision. Yeah. He was racked with like, um, indecision because obviously he was worried about what what the decisions would mean, whereas the quote-unquote evil Kirk yeah. um, is just someone who can't control the impulses at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and, and that is bad, obviously, because your impulses are sometimes to do some really... <laughs> nasty things yeah so um oh he was but yeah you do you need that you need you need to be decisive but you also need a point of view to sort of maybe stop you from making too many decisive mistakes <laughs> and when you think of the title the enemy within if i think about that with some sort of depth for a second the enemy isn't just the evil it's also the lack of decision no, they, yeah, they, yeah. they essentially both each other's enemy. Yeah, wow. That just came upon me then. Wow. That one came out of left field, didn't it? Oh, I'm glad you got there. I got there, man. Wowee, <laughs> I got there in the end. Finally, in the on the last phase of play, Dave got there. Yeah, interesting episode. And the other one is one of my all-time favourite episodes of any Star Trek the, the Mirror Mirror episode. I lo- I've watched this many times. I didn't even need to watch this again because I watched it probably a few months ago. I love this episode, and that's why I picked the Trade of the Week because I just love Mirror Mirror. I love that Spock actually isn't evil. He considers it, you know, what they're doing. He's the one who realises logically that he needs to get them back and that he might even take on some of the... Um, viewpoints that that kirk is espousing uh i really think it's i want to say i think it's groundbreaking tv um and i think this was a huge huge episode in the original series are you with me rich on this because mirror mirror for me is one of my all-time favorite star trek episodes um i mean yeah i mean yeah i mean it's it's it, it is great i mean again it's an interesting thing of like um yeah, alternate realities and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, um, had they ever if, done if, it? Had it, had anyone yeah, ever done Spock it? The, a um, a goatee, <laughs> like the the must the mustache and goatee. Like, um, it's just so funny that he's the only one that really has such a change. Oh, Sulu's got Sulu's the scar. Sulu's got the scar. Yeah, but I mean, no one's really that. No, but it's different. it's it's their personas that are different. Like that's the thing. Like, yes, it's but you would persona. think that your persona being different would lead you down different choices and results. That would, you know, yeah. like why would you not have longer hair? Like, why is everyone's? Hair? I, I get it because obviously they, no one could grow their hair. But I mean, you could give people wigs. Why? Sure. 
why is Spock the only one with facial hair? Why doesn't maybe Sulu have longer mullet, you know, or something like yeah. that? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I just thought maybe they could have had a little bit more fun with making them look. I love the corruption. Different. I love the corruption of the Mirror Mirror, um, the evil yeah, Mirror. Yeah, they're, they're an empire, not a federation in that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, and people are like, there are like gangs on the Enterprise. And yeah, it's really intense, actually. And Kirk rules by fear. And what I have to get my head around is, are people in that universe naturally evil? Not really. It's more that the Empire has happened and that it is like a death match. So you have to take on that persona even to survive. And that's interesting. And I felt it was interesting that Spock is the one. It's actually a really good story beat because he's the one. He's, he's more reserved. He realises their point, and he realizes he has to get them back, and then he, he will consider their position. I like that. I thought that was clever, you know? Yeah. No, it's I mean, it's really... people are evil. They're not born that way, but they are evil because that is just the, that's just the reality that they live in. You know, that's like, if that's what you're raised, you know what I mean? If you're raised... It's the old nature in... versus nurture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, and let's be honest, the more evil things you do, the easier it becomes and you yes. don't even think about it. So, yeah, everyone in this world has had to basically just like, you know, like Sulu wants to kill them so that he could be the commander. So, yeah. you know, the only real way to get like promoted in this place, unless you do something really spectacular, is basically murder your way into the position that you want. So, I liked yeah. th there's one segment and it's, you almost miss it. They talk about some of their missions and the different things Kirk did as compared to the regular Star Trek. Like, so, like, he killed some people that I think in the actual series he negotiated with. Like, he was just way more militaristic, you know? Mm. And I thought that was interesting. I, I Look, I'll be honest. This this came out, what, in about 68? I think it's groundbreaking for science fiction TV. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go as far as that. I think it's landmark stuff. You know, they should put this in the Library of Congress. I'm going to say that right now. Bang. Oh, I think the entire original series, Star Trek, should be put in. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm so deep into it at the moment, man. I'm loving it. I'm I'm, I'm cherry-picking episodes. I, I, I'm realising I haven't seen some of the episodes ever, and I got my Blu-rays, man, and I'm just really enjoying it. I'm, I really... I, I think it's an absolute treat. The city streets are empty now. The
Comics Rich. Woo. Yep. Now, first one up, I'm going to have to rely on you because I was struggling. I picked Star Trek 1, which was the new IDW thing, and stupidly I thought it was the original series. I thought I was going to be fine because I'm very strong on original series and next generation, but this was Deep Space Nine, which I've not watched, although what I have seen I've enjoyed. Uh, what did you think of this comic? Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um... It seemed to, you needed to have like an encyclopedic knowledge of D Space Nine, it felt like. Not really, no. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you kind of need to maybe, I mean, it helps if you maybe know how that show ended. Yeah, uh, but, I, but I don't, I wouldn't know fucking idea how but it But I mean, I don't think you need to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, it's, it's interesting because basically it's, um, Cisco comes back from being basically, I guess, like an entity mm. or like, um, non-carbon based mm. sort of form or something um and he's got to stop something from happening um some disaster or something that yeah. affects the the i don't know the galaxy or whatever and basically he gets a crew they put together the crew for him and, and it's basically like a uh i mean it's got scotty in it from the original <laughs> star trek jimmy do it's got Data and um, Crusher, Doctor Crusher, yeah, from Next Generation. And Wesley's mother, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what her first name is. I, can't, I just remember it's Doctor uh, Crusher. Beverly, Beverly Crusher. That's it. Um, and then there's um, some blue alien chick that I think is uh, got something to do with. Um, I think her father was like original um, uh, Enterprise kind of right character. I think. Um, and then some new Vulcan, and it, it basically it's just like they put this team together and they got to go. And then I didn't quite, I don't quite know what's happening because I don't know much about the entities and like, but it's interesting enough that I'm like, it feels like Star Trek. I mean, I'll yeah. give them that. Yeah. Oh well, that's a positive. I mean, what are you giving it out of ten, Rich? Um, probably a six point five. Yeah. What I read, I'd give a 6.5 to. I, I didn't make a way through because I was a bit lost um, because I haven't 
I felt like I stupidly didn't really know much about Deep Space Nine, but I did like all the different cameos and stuff. So, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I really want to watch a bit more Deep Space Nine to kind of get to grips with it, but I guess you don't really need to know too much. He comes back from whatever bullshit ending he had in Deep Space Nine. And um, I, I was just... I was I, Not having watched that, I was a bit lost. I, and I also thought it was going to be original series, which I was a bit disappointed it wasn't actually, because I think that's a more interesting. Oh, you shouldn't. Well, based on the cover, you shouldn't have thought that. I didn't see the cover, man. I just went. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, dude. I didn't. I, I didn't see jack shit. I, all I saw was there was a Star Trek one. It didn't Fair say Darps D Space Nine on it. That would have been a fucking good help. But anyway. We we can't just lob bombs all the time. Sometimes I've just got to be like, "Hey, I made a fucking error." Well, look, you Cisco know? is a popular character. So. No, I know. Hey, oh, dude, um, believe you me. And I don't think you know. And I think this is interesting because again, there's not much you can do with Picard because obviously Picard has his own show. Sure. There's not much you can do with obviously the much of the OG because most of them are dead. Um, you know, Kirk's dead. You know, what Spock you is. Well, in this time where this story is yeah, happening, but you could go back. To the original series, you know. Uh, no, but but again, but you, yeah, but you know where the characters end up, so you kind of just <laughs> again, you just spin in your wheels. At least this is something where you're taking characters now that we don't really know what's happened to so. them in between. I suppose so. I suppose so. I'm not going to pretend I'm thrilled, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. Data is a popular character. He is. I you know, people. People love Beverly Crusher. Uh, again, people him. love Cisco. So I mean, it's a, it's it's a, it's a good team. It's got okay. in characters that people care about. Okay, you're right. You obviously you've got stakes in the fucking IDW. You're really you're really you know much more positive than normal. <laughs> I'm not positive. It's just that it's it's interesting. That's no, what is. I said. Like when you asked me what did I think, I said, well, it's interesting. That's it. <laughs> Well, turning to something that I really fell in deep on, this Hawkworld, uh, John Ostrander, Tim Truman, with Graeme Nolan, actually, the co-creator of Bane on Art Duties, mm. loving this, dude. Like, loving this so much. And I was just... It was a pleasure to read this. I said to you, John Ostrander is an amazing writer, really. I, I mm. feel... I, I just... I can't get enough of this series, man. I am invested. I love it. Um, where were you on it? Um, so this is going to surprise you because I am such a John Ostrander fan. Mm. I don't like this. What's going on? And it's it's not the writing. I just I don't like this Hawkman. Like is this? Is, I've never liked this Hawkman. Really? I like this Hawkman yeah. a lot. No, no. This is not this. As I say, this is not my Hawkman. <laughs> like I don't I don't like this the 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 Katar whole. Right. Hawkman and all that. I, I'm not a fan of, of this. Uh, but how different is it normal? Nothing. It's not... Well, one, it's a completely different... Okay, so... This thing that they did, this Kato hole, mm. this is where they really, really fucked up the um, the Hawkman... Um, continuity. Uh, kind of continuity because they kind of forgot that they kept, like, the original Hawkman around after the... Um... um Crisis. The crisis. Yeah. And so when this Hawkman arrives, they realize, oh, wait, <laughs> there's now technically been a different uh, Carter Hall and Shaira that were running around. Right. And and so th it's this Hawkman that's caused so much of the, um, that caused so much um, problems with continuity. and. But, but aside um, from and, that, though, like, forget about the continuity. Also, I don't like the character. I just, really? I find the, I find the characters a bit dull. Man, I'm loving it. They're hard charges. I really like Shaira in this. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, but it's you know. it's just a different. Yeah, but it's it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything new. No, right? Because this is still the Hawkman from the Silver Age. Yeah, just in a different costume and a and a new name. Like you know what I mean? Like sure. We already he's already a uh, from Thanagar and he's a he's a policeman a, a, an intergalactic policeman he's come here and he's gonna and they stay behind after they catch the bad guy to learn yeah. the police yeah the the human you know earth uh, police procedure like it's 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 just the retelling with a new skin I, as I said I, I I don't hate it I just I'm not a fan of this I hear I hear and it's got nothing to do with Australia it's not the writing or anything I just don't like this Hawkman. Okay. Yeah. I, I I guess for me, I'm not that familiar with like the ins and outs of Hawkman. I I, mean, I I know the I know the guy from the um from the seventies. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm really digging it. I, I I'm a big Ostrander guy though. I'm just finding Ostrander's writing really nice artwork by Graham Nolan, and um, I'm 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 deep in it, man. Like I, I finished five five issues, and I was like, I want more. Um. And I I know the continuity stuff because I've heard it all, but I I'm I, I'm not a huge continuity guy. I've got to be honest. I I, I don't really care. Look, I don't I don't blame Ostrand or anything like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like this is kind of what um, you know, this is the direction they wanted to go, or you know, yeah. they wanted to you know, because again, whenever characters not working, but maybe it's a legacy character, then they always think, oh, let's how can we change the character to make him more appealing or yeah you know, to kind of try again, you know, and that's why so many characters, like, your, your, your second string characters have such a problem with their their, their backstories or their continuity. Because yeah, because there's so many they, adjustments and stuff. Yeah, because there's so many retcons and uh, retuning to try and make them popular characters. Yeah. Um, as I said, I just, I don't know, I'm, I, I just, I like my classic Hawkman, you know what yeah. I mean? I, 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 I like the Carter Hall and Shaira Hawkman, I like the Egyptian... Um, I, I notice in this one, at least in these five issues, they're not a couple, you know? Not yet, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and in the... I, I can see... Look, I get what you're saying. I, I guess I'm just looking at it based on what I'm seeing, based on the art. I really like Graham Nolan's art on this, and I like Ostrander's... Like, it's kind of tough talking. It's kind of got a bit of an edge to it, which I'm enjoying. You know, I, I it's quite an edgy comic. Um... And I'm just kind of digging it on that aspect. I, I'm for me, it's I've always wanted to read it. I think as well, and never bothered to. And now that I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, all right, bring it on. Um, I now I do know that he wrote the whole Hawkworld, thirty three, and maybe an annual or two, and then he started off Hawkman, did like six issues and left. And I believe mm-hmm. that's when it really goes off the rails, heading into zero hour and stuff. But um, oh yeah, that's when they like combine hawk men, and he becomes a hawk god and stuff mm. and all that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's sort of interesting in itself to me. I, I guess I, I'm looking at it, sort of saying like, even though that sounds crazy, there's part of me that's like, that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think as I said, I mean, I, I, if someone's re- re- read this and they were like, I really enjoyed it, I've got no issues with that. I'm not saying sure. it's not a good, you know, but again, you, you've got to remember, I've I've been a DC person since like 10 years old. Yeah. So for me, I've read a lot more Hawkman and, you yeah. know, and, and more for me, it's history that for me, I'm like, I it's one of the things where I'm like, oh, this is not my Hawkman, you know what I mean? Or yeah. 
this is not the Hawkman I like or grew up with or uh, familiar with. You know what I mean? I like the I like the costume of the original Hawkman. You know what I mean? Yeah. As I said, uh, I'm, I'm even annoyed that it, that he didn't have green pants in the movie we just watched. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the red boots, the green pants, the shirt, you know, the yeah. just the, the hard, chest harness with, you know, no shirt or you know what I mean, and then the the cool headpiece. I, I that's my Hawkman. I love that Hawkman. It's classic. I love it. So yeah. when things stray from that, I just tend to I just don't like it. Not as happy. Yeah, I hear you, man. Look, it is what it is. Uh, for me, I think it's the edge to it as well. Like Australia does write this pretty edgy. Like that. Like Shaira's got a lot of attitude on her, and I'm I'm enjoying it. You know, and I I I'd really like to know someone. I guess if you're a Hawkman fan, you've really had to be in there for the long haul, you know, because I, I do know from my own research uh, that Gardner Fox, I, I want to say Gardner Fox, either created him or played a big role in him. And then the point came where um, he lost his title and Justice League became kind of a title for people who didn't have titles, you know, kind of like... Well, that's, a, what, yeah. the, well, that's what the JSA was as well. Right. So, but even before Gardner Fox, yeah. Um, sorry, uh, 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 Julie Schwartz and all that. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the JSA was if someone didn't have the ongoing book, mm. then they were in the JSA. Right. Okay. And and that's why like certain characters would come and go. Yeah. Um, and it's generally why Batman and Superman weren't really you know much. big in it and all that. So. So you know, if 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 they decided to give Spectre a, a book, then he wouldn't be in the, you know, if or if Doctor Fate was going to get a book, then they wouldn't have him. So, and that's kind of also what Justice League kind of became then, but it was also they needed to have Superman and Batman, yes, and Wonder Woman in it. So, so but Justin sometimes they had a reduced role, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, man, it, it's so funny because I I just when I'm reading this, I'm like. John Australia reminds me of Chuck. I I just can't think of too much stuff ever that I've read of theirs that I haven't enjoyed. You know, I just feel like some people are a cut above. You know, and they oh, no. Australian is way more um, clout than is, he he's still alive. Why isn't he given? Do they just feel like he's too much of an old war horse? Like, why doesn't he not have a title? Because it feels to me like he's a guy. You could give a Hawkman to now, and he would do something decent. Well, I mean, you know? he's seventy-three. Unfortunately, they don't really—they want a younger voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how many seventy-three-year-olds do you know that are still writing comics for the big, the big cheeses? There's no I, one. I don't know how old JM is. Uh, he'd be about seventy, um, but he's about the only one I can think of off the top of my head who's still getting. Yeah, but they, even they, even, but even like the, the the older guys that they're bringing back, they are just to do short minis. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not working on the actual. Yeah, the mainline. You know, mainline titles and all that. So you know, because I mean, man, Australia has worked on. I just feel like yeah. He's, he's done the best Star Wars stuff. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, well, like, that's what I was going to say. Star Wars stuff yeah. Is the best. Yeah. Yeah. He's worked on so many um, um, DC stuff and and 100%. good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, whether it be he's even done some All Star um, Squadron. He's done um, Captain Atom, very yeah. short run. You know, but I mean, he's obviously he's done his firestorm and his. Um, and we dug uh, that firestorm, didn't we? Well, that was that was a lot of fun. 
you know? Yeah, and, and of course his, his his magnum opus, you know, his magnum opus is basically uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. I was going to say, is it Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. And I mean, he did Spectre Volume 3, I believe. We lo- well. We've done that on the show, man. I really yeah. enjoyed that. He's done a lot of Spectre as well. Uh, well, so, you know what we yeah, should do? Remember? Manhunter uh, as well. Really? I didn't realize you did mm-hmm. that. So, um, what was and Mike Manhunter. What, what was I going to say? So, remember we did, quite a while ago, we did Star Wars Legacy. Remember that? Yes, that's, that's him, yeah. I really enjoyed that, and I did not think I was going to. So, at some point, we should do the next volume of that down the track, maybe for a Christmas mm-hmm. episode or something. Uh, because that was where I was really like, because I actually hadn't read a lot of Ostrander, and by no means on purpose, I just hadn't, because a lot of the stuff was stuff that I wasn't really into. That was when I was really like, this guy's a really good writer, you know? Because um, he's lifting up stuff that I don't necessarily care about. Like, I don't really care about Star Wars hundreds of years after the rich, you know, the Skywalker, whatever. Like, not not naturally me going, oh, I've got to read it. When I read it, I was like, man, I love this, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, we should yeah. do some more of that. But I'm going to keep going with Hawk World, and I will check in on it. Um, interesting to hear that it's not your favourite, but then again, I hear what you're saying. Um, but so, again, I mean, n- n- again, not because of the writing. No. I think if you're not familiar with Hawkman, I think anyone would enjoy this because, again, it's Ostrander's writing it. So you will enjoy it. It's I just don't enjoy it just from the pure thing of that it's so far removed. No, I hear from the Carter Hall, Hawkman. What was the reaction at the I'm time, familiar. Rich? Were you around at the time? Like, was what was there? Was there heat on this title or not? I don't think so. I don't. Th- I don't think it lasted that long. The title, the... thirty-three issues. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's all right, but yeah, it wasn't. I don't believe it was setting the world on fire. Yeah, I mean, okay. you know. Manhunter was 23 issues, I believe. Even Martian Manhunter was about 30, 35, 34 what, issues. What's as well. Manhunter? Is that the Archie Goodwin the, character? Yeah, so he wrote Manhunter between 1988 and 90. Right, okay. Uh, which is the, the Kirk one, I believe. The, um, the one that's in Batman and stuff? Just Slag and um, all that stuff? Yeah, it's the one that um, is part of the, the the Millennium. The I think. Okay, I've never. I've is never it the Paul Kirk one or is it the Dan Richards one? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. No, it could be the Dan Richards one. Okay. And you enjoyed it? Yeah. Look, mate. Anything Ostrander is is fantastic. So. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, I know you're a fan of Manhunter as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ostrander did did do that as well. If you want to read more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we'll do, do that down the track. Is it? It's not Martian Manhunter, is it? It's just something. No, called... no, he did Martian Manhunter as well. Oh, I but see. this one is this one is Manhunter, which okay. You know, I think you've you've got Manhunter. There's the one that looks the, there's the Paul Kirk one, who's the guy that looks like the the red and blue uh-huh. uh, with the face mask, and remember that they were fighting the Justice League, the Manhunters. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. there's also the one that looks like a weird red and white ninja. Yeah, I'm looking at that one now. Archie Goodwin and Walter Simonson. Yeah. Anyway. So there's been a few different Manhunters as well. There's the Mark Shaw, there's the Paul Kirk. Right, okay. Um, well, well, down the track, pick it at some point, um, because I think it would be interesting. Look, all I can say is I have... You know what I should do one day? I should sit down and read the Suicide Squad stuff, because 
I find all this Ostrander stuff, and I'm like, man, this guy's a really good writer, you know? Like, a really good storyteller. And that's something that I think at times there's not, like, really good storytellers. That's why I put him up there with Chuck. I think Chuck is a really good storyteller. Just someone who can really spin a good yarn, you know? And you really get invested. And uh, when I find myself caring about characters that I wouldn't care about, I know they're doing a good job, you know? It's it's like when Chuck did Connor Hawk Green Arrow. There is no reason for me to like that character. You know, I I don't care about Connor Hawk. I read Chuck's fucking Green Arrow. I'm like, this is amazing. You know, and it's just good storytelling. And I and I think it's an underrated commodity. And I think Ostrander is um, he's he's up there, man. I put him on Mount Rushmore. I do. I really do. If I you know, and it, it, let's say Mount Rushmore is ten people, I'm putting Ostrander and Chuck on there straight away. Bang. You know. Good. I think so. Um, then we come to our trade of the week, my selection. Uh, I will say openly, uh, enjoyed it, but it was a slog. Oh my God. 202 pages. It felt like 402. Um, the shenanigans that was going on with the mirror universe and, and and I I did enjoy it, but it was just really, did you find it very dense? Uh, yeah. So, um, not been a great week for me with the, the picks. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah because um, you didn't enjoy Hawkman either oh that's a shame Hawkworld yeah um, this is uh, I, I, it's an interesting concept so this takes place right after um, Star Trek 3 uh, search, search for Spock yes uh, when sort of so it's, it's, it, this actually takes place in between two movies basically right so which search is, for Spock um, and Voyage Home which is three and four Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this takes place between three and four. Now, my biggest issue with this because mm. I can't fucking tell who's who. Yeah, I totally agree. I was constantly right? So for some reason in the original show, the mirror universe dressed differently. Yes. Right? Uh, they they dress more uh, sort of pirate Arabian yeah. kind of you know, silk and all that sort of stuff. But in this one, for some reason, even though they're an empire, not a federation, they're wearing the exact same fucking red outfits. Except red for the dagger, outfits. the dagger on their yeah, chest. Yeah, but good God, when two people, when, when two Kirks are talking, yeah, and they both have the same hair, they're both wearing the same goddamn red shirt. Yes, I agree. I don't know which one is which. Totally you know, agree. Yeah, at least with Spock, one's got a bloody goatee and the other one doesn't. Well, thank God he did. And Sulu has the scar. Yeah, but Jesus Christ, you can barely tell the score half the time if she was in there. So, um, look, uh, it's an interesting story, maybe a bit too long. Mm. I think I can. I think you could have really told the story probably maybe 140. I felt the first pages. half was slower than the second half. I felt I felt the second half picked up speed when 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 Kirk went with the rebels and all that stuff. I thought that was more interesting, um, but yeah, it, it 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 was a bit padded. I will say that. It was a bit padded. Like, it was interesting. I was enjoying it, but I was also like, man, it really feels like we're kind of like writing for the trade before writing for the trade became a thing, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Um, But to be fair, they weren't... I think miniseries aren't written the same as... Was this a miniseries, though? I felt like it was just part of the continuing thing. I don't know. I, I think this was a continuing Star Wars, mm. uh, Star Trek title. Wasn't like, this done by DC? Wasn't it a mini? No. It, so 
it was done by DC and Mike Barr, uh, and it was it it had like twenty five, twenty six issues. So they had a Star Trek license, obviously, around the time, obviously, of the movie, but um, you know, Star Trek three. And it was an ongoing, and it just so happens that he he spanned this story out for like ten issues. Uh, look, it was honestly reasonably interesting. Like I enjoy Mike Barr. He's you know he's not. I don't know. It was interesting, but I did feel it was a little padded. And at times with the ships as well, I was getting confused over who was in what ship. You know, in the in the dog. Oh, no, look, this book is super confusing, man. Like. I, do, I don't understand why you wouldn't make their ships look a bit different at yeah. least. Why you wouldn't make the characters look far more different. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it Like, the, was, they didn't yeah. need to both be in red, frankly. You know? Yeah. You could have had the other guys be in green, just to make it easy for us. Because sometimes I'm like, which Kirk is this? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting confused. And I was and like... Uh, at least one of the women had kind of more of a crop top situation going on, so you knew which one was the you know evil mirror one, and mm. which one wasn't. And but yeah, there was it was puzzling. And like it starts out with like straight after Star Trek Three, I'm like, wow, we're right back at Star Trek Three. Okay, um, interesting that Spock and Spock were like they became buddies, really, didn't they? Yeah, but I mean that even again, if you go back to the the mirror episode from the show, yeah, because Spock is logical, yeah, um, I guess he's not. He's not as evil. He's just, he's just not evil because again, he he doesn't. He's not ruled by emotion. So yeah. if it's practical for him to do the right thing, he does it not necessarily because it's the right thing, but I guess it's because it's logical. And it can succeed. Like, that's why he goes like, oh, Spock, you said that you would fight. He goes, yeah, but that was illogical. Yeah. One man can't fucking defeat an empire, so I decided not to. It's like, he didn't do it because yeah. he, he was like, oh, no, the empire's right. I must be evil. He's just like, well, I fucking can't do anything all by myself. Yeah. So one man's not going to be able to change I've it. I've got to keep living in this thing, so, yeah. I liked the scene where they went to the rebel. The rebels went to the prison base, and they were feeding that guy the fake memories to get him to spill the secrets the scientist with his family and stuff mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was a good scene um, it had some good scenes peppered throughout it some good ideas I, I just honestly my note would be it, it's very dense and very padded like this was 202 pages that felt like 400 pages like it was a lot it was it was a lot of reading it was a lot of text um, it was sometimes a bit labored. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't great. You know, I look. I'm. I feel I'm going to be generous and give it a six point five, and I could easily be argued down to a six. Um, it was interesting, but I just felt at the end of the day that it didn't quite hit all the spots. You know, and I, it, it, its heart was in the right place, but I feel this could have been five issues rather than ten. Oh, for sure. As I said, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you could easily have got this down to probably 150 pages. Yeah. Um, or quite honestly, like it's it's way too much. Um, mm. Plods along way too often. <laughs> uh, but you know, but but it's still good. It still feels like Star Trek. So yeah. I mean, they did a good job making it feel like um, it did 
it, it, it is part of that movie universe you yeah. know what i mean like yeah it definitely it, it, you know so i don't have an issue with that but it was just yeah it's one jesus like how you didn't how you didn't make the characters look different like you didn't look at this and go shit yeah but okay fine we've drawn it right just color so the uniform different color the uniform should we maybe yeah should we maybe just put the others in like black or or green yeah, or maybe. just something so that they are different from the the regular ones and interesting concepts in it yes uh it, it just it, it's pacing is an issue but yeah i don't hate it i mean it, no. i definitely give it a six out of ten it's yeah. it's 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 certainly well written it feels like someone is either a fan of star or a star trek or did their homework diligently to write this um i, I think it's more that they're a fan and probably have watched the movies mm. and all that sort of stuff so yeah i mean it's it's not terrible just as you say it's dense it's it's very it can't feel like a bit of a slog yes agreed and i will say it really made me want to watch star trek 2 and 3 again you know i've got them on blu-ray and i was like yeah i wouldn't mind cracking into those ones once they get done with the original series because i like them because growing up frankly uh i was obviously a star wars kid you know what i mean like as a little kid but when i my first star trek i ever watched ever was wrath of khan and I thought it was a really good movie and I was completely baffled by, because, you know, not having any of the history. And I remember a friend of my dad said, you know, there's a there's a TV show. And I was really young. I wouldn't even have been 10. I was like, there's a TV, or maybe I was 10. And I was like, there's a TV show? He goes, and I'm thinking like, then, you know what I mean? Like, he goes, oh yeah, they had like seasons. Of it. I was like, really? I want to watch it. He goes, careful, it's like old. And, um... I remember really liking Star Trek Wrath of Khan and was totally puzzled by Search for Spock. And then I remember being in the cinema with my sister and my grandmother. We went and saw Voyage Home and I loved it, like loved it. And shortly after that, I started watching, I I catching the original series and, and it took me some time to get into it and then I really grew to appreciate it. But... Uh, my point is that that was the first Star Trek I ever saw was Wrath of Khan, where they're all old, you know, they're all old and stuff. And I, and it was it was a weird entry point, but it was an interesting one. And watching reading this comic, which was set right then in that period, like they're actually drawn old, you know, they're all drawn like they're in middle age. Um, it made me want to go back and watch Wrath of Khan and and search for Spock again because this was it was like right at that time period. Uh, interesting. Did you like the eighties movies, Rich? love them yeah yeah which is okay here's a question out of any of star trek movies including jj's what's your top two out of any of the feature films including next gen and original series um pretty much uh okay the first obviously the first star trek movie that's a bit of a slog um yes it's very boring but basically two three Four, five, yeah. I, I pretty, I mean, I pretty much like all of the original, the the original ones except for the first one. I don't hate it. It's just that it's 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 a bit boring. It and it's a, a bit slug. of a slog. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like all of the, even even the one directed by Kirk that everyone uh, <laughs> Final Frontier. Uh, hates. Uh, yeah, I even enjoyed that. Um, um. <laughs> Just because it's it's not the best, but it's still fun. Um, yeah, it, it's got some fun it, moments. It's real cool. Um, uh, Next generation. 
I mean, Jesus, um, I think only the one that has the Borg in it. I first think, contact, is the good one. first contact. Yeah, I, I, I think fucking love that movie. The only one that they made that's good. Yeah. Um, it's the I best don't one. like the one. Like, yeah, well, the next generation one, the one that Kirk dies, is, is not that good. Generation. It's fun at the time, but it doesn't age well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other movies are kind of boring. Um, I mean, they're forgettable, like Insurrection and Nemesis, you know. I'm literally trying to remember what they are. <laughs> uh, Insurrection's okay. Trying... Insurrection's, it's, it's, it's like a, it's, you, yeah, know what, yeah, yeah. you know what it is? It's like a good next-gen episode. It's not really movie, movie yeah. worthy. But it's not memorable. That's the thing. No. Like, I'm, except for First Contact and Generation. Now, I remember Generations for being not enjoyable. I actually thought it was bad. <laughs> but I remember um, First Contact for being great, for being good. Yeah. The other two, I'm like, I don't even remember what they are and what what's the. Well, the last one's like, particularly bad. Nemesis is bad. It's not a good movie. Yeah. At all, you know. So, um, and you know what? Um, so I've only seen two of the JJ Abrams ones, mm. uh, and the first one's enjoyable. Um, yeah. it's, it's not terrible. Uh, I'm not a fan of some of the acting choices, uh, yeah. um, or casting choices, I should say, um. The second one's not really enjoyable. Um, second one's poor. Second JoJo movie. But I can. Well, if 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 it came on and I it, it was there to watch, I I could still watch the first JJ one. Yeah. Um. But oh, I I can watch any of the 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 original ones pretty much. Like cool. Like I love them all. So yeah. I, well, yeah, I've got all, a very I've got a very clear Wrath of Khan. I mean, it's amazing. I think I, I I've rewatched that as the years have gone on, and I just love it. Like. Um, and I feel once you've watched it, uh, once you've watched some Star Trek, you get so much more out of that scene with Kirk and Spock. Because um, as a kid, I'm watching it going, who are these guys? I- I'm intrigued, but I don't understand. Uh, I have a soft spot a mile wide for Voyage Home because I always remember, it's nostalgia as well, I remember seeing it in the cinema. I remember we loved it so much. I also... I've always loved Undiscovered Country. I think it's a I think it's a hidden gem in the in the Star Trek movie you know collection. Um, Undiscovered Country, Star Trek Six, love it. Um, first Contact. In terms of next gen movies, I think there's only one worthy talking about, and that's First Contact. Um, mm-hmm. I think Generations has some fun moments, but 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 like I think First Contact is a superb movie, and they did, never came close to topping it after that. Uh, JJ, yeah, first one's fine. Um, second one's boring, terrible, uh, and I have not seen the third one, and I keep meaning to because people say it's actually not bad. But no, the, the yeah. second one's not boring; it's bad. It's bad, yeah, it's bad. It's a bad movie. I, I agree. It's a, it's a bad. The film. Third one, I believe, is boring. I've not seen it, and people talk about it saying it's good. I've not seen it. I've never watched it. Um, Star Trek Beyond, but um, no, you're not you're not missing that. Missing no, I, I don't, I'm not exactly. T- believe you me, I think it came out in 2016. I, I haven't been in a rush. Um, but I will say this, if I had to pick them, I would, I'll be watching Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, Undiscovered Country, and First Contact. I've got them all on Blu-ray. I bought the collection and, uh, I, I think Undiscovered Country is a fantastic movie with the Klingons and Kirk mm-hmm. and his absolute yep. prime, you know, well, maybe not his mm-hmm. prime, but he's certainly just, he's giving such That's a good performance. That's Plummer, right? Yeah, put Chris- Christopher Plummer plays the Klingon in there. He does, he does, and he plays it very well. Um, great movie, very Shakespearean at times, that mm-hmm. movie. Um, a lot of good stuff. But, yeah, man, um, reading this comic made me want to rewatch some of the, the old movies because it, it's so much of a period of its time. But I'm giving it a 6.5. Um, you get, What did you give it, a 6? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next week, Rich, we had a what was it? Checkmate. Is that is that what we're going to read? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, checkmate. First ten issues of checkmate. Um, looking forward to that. Paul Kupperberg, who I'm trying to get on the show, by the way. Um, he was on Aaron's show. Aaron from last week. He had Paul Kupperberg on. So if you want to check out a good uh, interview with Paul Kupperberg, Task Force X, which is Aaron's Suicide Squad uh, podcast, he interviewed Paul Kupperberg a few years ago. Excellent interview. Listen to it during the week. Um, he's really into checkmate and stuff. And I'm like, I'm pretty confident Rich likes checkmate. I, we should do it on the show. So um, I suggest that one now. Well, checkmate is where I discovered Peacemaker. There you go. And you love Peacemaker, don't you? Uh, I like the comic Peacemaker. The comic yes. Peacemaker. Oh, yeah, I know. You hate me. <laughs> Did you watch the show? I watched the first two and yeah. a half episodes and I could not watch anymore. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I can understand that. Um, remember we did the mini on the show? It was crazy. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a crazy mini. It was fantastically off the wall. Um, now, uh, I do want to say thank you for listening, uh, listeners. Um, and we have the Patreon. Uh, Dion and myself on Saturday are doing our commentary on Mean Streets. We've already watched it, so we're just gonna we're gonna check in. Uh, coming up on Cinero Doom, Rich and I are going to do Once Upon a Time in the West within the next couple of weeks. Remember, Rich, your pick? Um, That's it. Yeah, we'll do that over the next couple of weeks. It's just been a bit busy, but I'm just heading into a quieter time at work, so we should be able to fix it up. Um, yeah, and uh, please join the Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. It all goes towards show running costs and helps us provide more content for as little as a price of a cup of coffee per month, Rich. I mean, what a deal. Would you agree? What a bargain. What a bargain. All the material we give you. It'd be cheaper than, actually, it's cheaper than a cup of coffee in Australia. It is. You were saying the other day, you were saying today that a cup of coffee in the in the shopping centre costs over five bucks now, didn't you say? Uh, for a lot, no, if you want to get like a, they're calling it a large. Sure, they're calling it a large. You know, uh, it's, it's a medium, is like five <laughs> bucks. Yeah, and they blame the war in Ukraine for that, don't they? They blame, oh, yeah, yeah. they blame everything on the fucking war in Ukraine. Like, all that coffee comes from Ukraine all of a sudden. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. Let's not even get It's too late in the night for me to rant about coffee prices, but I agree with you, Rich. Um, yeah, check it all out. Um, we're loving life, Rich. Uh, you're obviously, you're, you're a couple now. Uh, you're watching couple shows, doing couple things. I love it. I can't get enough of it. You've given me recommendations for anime, which I actually wrote down on my phone so I could remember. Uh, which this, I did before I was a couple, as you like to call You did. You did give them before, but I ignored it then, Rich, remember? I just completely <laughs> it went in one ear and out the other, I'll be honest with you. Of course it did. Actually, you know, it's it's the way of life with me. I have to hear something four or five times before it makes an impact, because like you telling me Booster Gold was a good character. I ignored you for 10 years. 10 years I just ignored you. Yeah, well, you, you paid the price for that. I paid the price, and then one day I read it, and I was like, Rich, have you heard about this Booster Gold guy? <laughs> All right, thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich.